Cause I'm on the scene Gonna bring you sleepers In the big money leaves With the fruits go down All day Valverde's He comes in there and I say Look bitch, I'm Rick James Smack him This funk and let's have a toke. It'll make you dance with some of everything. Episode 4 of the 2015 regular season. This is show 197, and we're going to get into some fantasy football knowledge, dropping the goo to get you ready for your week 4. This episode is called Your Four Leaf Clover, and I got Houdini to the left of me, I got Stag Party across the way, Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and um, we got a couple bye weeks this week, uh, we got the Patriots, and the Titans are off, so set your lineups accordingly, and uh, I guess we get 15 games on this show instead of 16. So we'll be two minutes shorter than normal. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but let's just get right into it, we'll talk about any of the news and any of the exciting stuff throughout each of these matchups, and anything on the peripheral, just throw out in, in amongst that. So, smell us. Let's talk about the Thursday night game. We got the Ravens 0 and 3. Woo, that's tough to believe. Are going to be at the Steelers. Big Benless. What um, what's going to happen here in fantasy land for this game? Hit it. Well, let's let's first start with Mike Vick and what the effect of Mike Vick is. And it's not a good effect for Pittsburgh star players. When Roethlisberger went down and Vick came in. Uh, I believe he completed it was like five to six passes for 38 yards, no completions to Antonio Brown. Obviously, that's going to change. The thing that makes it even worse, this is a short week. So all the extra preparation that you would normally get in a week leading up to this, he's not getting that preparation. And then the other problem is, I don't know what people are thinking Mike Vick incarnation we're going to get here, but since 2011, he has not been a good quarterback. Uh, 20 touchdowns he's thrown since then. Okay, great. 15 interceptions, 21 fumbles. Okay? Massive. <laughs> this, is, this is just not going to be any type of a good situation. I think that's going to be a heavy game where they're going to, you know, it's going to be shorter passing routes. It's going to be trying to, you know, sneak Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield because you're going to have a hard time running against the Ravens front. But nobody seems to have been having uh, any trouble throwing against the Ravens. So can Vic hit a couple passes? I'm sure. Short slants to Antonio Brown, let him go. I, I, I agree. I think there's going to be some short slants. Uh, 
don't be surprised if you see like every series at least one bubble screen. Uh, just a quick, easy pass for Vic to make, get it to somebody like a, a, an Antonio who can make a, a move or two out there, um, or even even a speedster like uh, like uh, Darius Haywood Bay or, or whatever. Um, I could definitely see that happening, but it's definitely going to be a lot of bell in this one. Oh yeah, the screen game is going to come on strong. And they also went out there, uh, Tomlin said they're going to run things to Vic's strengths. They're gonna, they say they know that Vic is not the same quarterback as Big Ben. So it's going to be a lot of bubble screens. I think they might you know, incorporate some read option, which could help Le'Veon Bell around the corner just a little bit. And that guy has looked like he's got some juice. He didn't have a huge yards per carry average last week, but still looked you know, pretty good coming back. Uh, gave fantasy owners exactly what they were looking for, a little shot in the arm. And I think Vic can provide a little bit of shot in the arm you know, in short spurts. But I think that that screen game is going to be be big. And then we got to remember, you know, further on down the line, you know, you're, you're asking what you should do with Martavis. Uh, that's one of the big questions because he's coming back next week, not this week. But everybody's like, should we deal him before we see him play with Vic? Uh, in the preseason, you know, Vic threw that 50-yard bomb Martavis, and they were connecting, you know, pretty well. So I wouldn't really worry too much about that. Uh... He's going to be the same player he was, probably just a little bit less, but it's still going to be that hit-or-miss type of big games. The fact of the matter is that uh, Vic still has an arm. I mean, he can still chuck the crap out of the ball. That ball will still sail, you know, 70 yards in the air if he wants it to. Um, it's not definitely not as accurate. never was all that accurate anyway, but uh, it, it won't be any more accurate now that he's up there in age. But it, it's strange looking at this game because both these, both these teams have terrible pass defenses. Just terrible. And you would think that normally this would be a passing game, but you know, without uh, without a second receiver there on Baltimore and Steve Smith being the only guy doing anything there, um, even Forsett can't get anything rolling. I don't know. This could end up being a lower scoring game. I, both the defenses might come out to play. I I, I don't think so. I, I think that Flacco, look, he has no one to throw to, but he has thrown for over 300 yards in each of the last two weeks. I think he's thrown for 746 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, two touchdowns and an interception each game. He understands that they don't have a running game right now. This is becoming a Mark Tressman offense. So they are not going to all of a sudden just knuckle down and, and, and start going to the run. So now here's the thing that's interesting, though, because you, you, you make a great point. Who is it? Is there anyone valid as a wide receiver other than Steve Smith on this team? And the answer is no. At this point in time, there is not. Uh, but what you do have is so like, don't be thinking about Marlon Brown or anything like that. Where the offense is starting to come from, though, is you're starting to see Max Williams also get more involved. And they're still using Crockett Gilmore. But, but uh, Crockett Gilmore only had three targets last week, and um, uh, Max Williams had seven. Uh, Gil Gilmore went out with an injury oh. um, in the second quarter, which is why Williams got the play. And it's not looking good for Gilmore already. He's missed the first two practices this week. He probably won't play. So it'll be all, uh, all Williams and that uh, third guy. Uh, I'm spacing his name, but I'll remember Will? in a second. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, so it, it, that's what I expect. It's just the thing is that Baltimore's been playing from behind. Uh, they've been losing. Obviously, they're zero and three, so they've had to do that a little bit more. Granted, it is a Tressman offense, and they'll probably still continue to do it. But with Pittsburgh not being able to do what they would normally do, it's quite possible that Baltimore maybe goes up by a touchdown and tries to keep a little more conservative. You don't want to just start giving the ball back over to them and letting Bell and, and Brown do their thing. If they get a lead, they might just start to protect a little bit. You know, but it, it's it's just a thing, though, that this offense doesn't 
seem to have that capability in them in order to just you know have a grinded out type of a drive it's it's bigger plays that are happening and it's usually attached to Steve Smith because it's it's they're getting caught in third and longs because if they're trying to run the ball really it's not being effective so they're they're left wanting there and then they're just having to try to make plays you know I just have a feeling that it's a desperate team Desperate team on Thursday night, knowing that you got a, a guy in Mike Vick there, I think that if you have a chance to step on a throat, you want to force Vick to be the one making mistakes, throwing the ball, doing all the wrong things. So I think that they really want to try to come out as strong and as fast as they can. I, I would agree. I, I would agree. The, the only uh, caveat to that is the fact that this is an interdivision rivalry where these guys will get after each other pretty, pretty hardcore. It'll be real physical as usual. Uh, no matter how good or bad the defenses have become or were, uh, they will be physical with each other, which will slow down the game a bit. He did. He did. Flacco in their last meeting, though, uh, at, uh, last year, threw for 303 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. So there you go. There you go. Writing's on the wall. Well, hey, I'm proud of you guys. That is the fastest matchup first out of the gates we've ever done on the Pyro Podcast. We get to move on to game two. Well done. I'm really happy. Some, and should... under our seven minute. "Quote unquote allotment." It's because well, somebody should, should should do a Valverde for that. You know, I mean, come on. I could Valverde a lot to talk crap about Justin Forsett for the next ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. Let's move on. Jets are gonna be at Miami. Um, we have to... want, hang on. You want to talk about Forsett a little bit? Bitch, go ahead and have sex with Charlie Murphy. I'm Rick James, bitch. I love Charlie Murphy. And, and, and kudos to Stag Party for. Uh, being far off and just jumping ship on that uh, four set train early in the early in the uh, summer, looks like he's right. <laughs> I mean, wow! I was never it. on the four set wagon. No. I was on the offensive scheme wagon, which could eventually end up playing a factor later on. But four set does not look that good. No. Uh, all right, Sunday's game. What's the, tell me the reason again that there's a game at? It's in London. London. This one's the London. It's one. in yeah. London, chap. Oh, Pip, Pip, cheerio, good does morning to you. So get your lineup set on Saturday night. But does that mean what? What does that mean for us on on Saturday? That was a opinions? real big mixture. I'm always a mixture. Violence. You know that I don't do any, yeah. any accents. Right. We'll be drinking a lot of Valverde Saturday night. So get your yeah. questions in before that. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins look abysmal. Uh, the Jets pulled out their what? Oh, they got their second. They, they lost. They lost. Oh, they, they lost. Made, they but made but it a close game. Brandon Marshall had the, uh, the the most amazing lateral that he called the dumbest, dumbest play in NFL history. history. Yeah. And it was. It was. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. What kind of brain farts go through that guy's... The worst part was it was... It's That's second, the it's a second quarter. Thing. It wasn't like it's the end of the half. I think it was like four minutes and 46 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. What are you doing? Nothing with the thoughts. No, yeah, it's not <laughs> nothing <anything>. with thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be honest, and I will say, I was saying all offseason, Brandon Marshall's going to have a good year in this offense. And Brandon Marshall is, and I said he was going to be an awesome ADP pick in drafts. And lo and behold, I've got him on most side teams. And the guy's awesome. Well, it, it has happened since Decker went down. He was. Mediocre until Decker went down, and now Decker's down. Yes, he's well, he awesome. scored what a touchdown in every game this season. Right? Yeah, he, he didn't score in that game. second game, until, and the first one was uh, the short one that was bound to happen. We said that that was going to happen, but he didn't take off until Decker went down in that second game. He only had, I think, uh, 
uh, two targets, I think, yeah, until Decker, Decker went down. His, he had all of his, his money, what, 8 and 97 in the first uh, Yeah, half, and so. Decker was going off, so as soon as Decker went out, it was the Marshall show. And it will be uh, until Decker comes back, which may be this week. Well, Devin Smith got a boatload of targets, which was nice to see. Yes. And it looks like he will be the third wide receiver with Decker back. Uh, and I think that'll be an interesting combination of guys to have. You got the slow Decker in the slot who's able to sort of, you know, mix and match his routes, play on the inside, play on the outside, uh, and they can move him around a little bit. Marshall can sort of do the same thing on the inside and the outside in the slot. Uh, Devin Smith is probably more just the outside deep threat type of guy at the, this moment. But, uh, you know, just the things that this offense could do potentially, you know, first off, fuck the Jets for Chris Ivorying us. Yeah, um, yeah, was, you know, yeah, he, he's active. That yeah. was just mean. And, and then he's your emergency running back. Like you know how much people like invest in this. You are the worst team in the history of the NFL <laughs> doing this to me right now. Well, it's is it any worse than the Packers sending Devontae Adams out there for two plays? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I saw himself more. I saw him roll an ankle. I didn't see Ivory do anything. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, that that's true. Well, I mean. Murray being called out, uh, DeMarco Murray being called out uh, just moments before the game, too. That kind of sucked as well. But At least that one had like at least an hour and a half or so or, or an hour beforehand. People were able to make adjustments to their lineups. On true, that true, true. Well, let's uh, talk about the other spots on the Jets briefly, and then let's uh, move on to the Dolphins. And, and, uh, you know what? Uh, real quick, I wouldn't necessarily say that Devin Smith is automatically going to be that third guy. Um, Quincy and Oma did pretty well. You know, I mean, he got more targets than Devin Smith. He made more catches and had more yards um, th- than he did. Uh, he played pretty well out there. He's a big, strong kid. Um, and he, I don't know, it seems Devin Smith uh, needs a little seasoning. And, I mean, he's definitely, he's a rookie, and he's not entirely sure of the, of the, uh, the packages yet. In a game like that where they're down, they needed all the help they can get, so they threw out all the receivers. But, yeah, I mean, Devin Smith's definitely a better guy uh, for their lineup eventually. At this point, um, it's going to be a mix and match. You know, I mean, with Decker back in there, I wouldn't depend on the third receiver anyway. But uh, Devin Smith is somebody to look out for, I guess, in the future. But Curley did well himself. Curley had the second most targets on the team, had a touchdown, had the uh, uh, so third most catches. That's the question, though. When Decker comes back, what's the, what's the problem? Is Curley going to be someone that's going to disappear? Or is it going to be Devin You know, if they're going to continue to use Devin Smith in, in more ways than just being the speedster down the field... That hurts Curley. Well, he, obviously. And, and Curley will probably be the one disappearing. He had a disgusting catch. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw it. He had a sick catch on the sidelines there uh, during the game. But he's still, you know, his strengths just, uh, they're not even close to that of a Devin Smith or even an Unway. I mean, he just, he just doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the same speed. So, that whatever the case is, this is a Jets offense that will, granted, it's opening up a bit. But it's still going to be more run and t- and two wide receiver sets. And, and what did Fitzpatrick throw for last week? Was it 179 yards? So you know this is not an offense. No, Fitzpatrick. Be... Uh, that was I think two oh, weeks two ago. Weeks two ago. weeks okay, ago. Okay. Last week he threw for 283. 283. A That's a high water mark, though. I mean, you're two. not going to get the 333 yard passing games. On no, there. no, no, no. Got Although you'll you get might, one. You, well, you, and, and you. Yeah, <laughs> you will. And, and the other thing is that you're you uh, you might get one sooner than later if Ivory is. 
you know, he says he would have been fine to play. So assuming that he's going below Powell, he's getting a lot of carries. He's really just not doing anything with him, but he doesn't his, his role doesn't go away because he's getting a, a ton of play as the uh, receiver out of the backfield. Seven catches again this last week, I think. So um, let's take this party over to the Dolphins. Sounds good. Um, wow. Train wreckage on Sunday, huh? I mean, I've been saying for years, Philbin is just one of the most abysmal coaches I've ever seen. Just ever since I saw them on the Hard Knocks. And I and remember the the, the third season third uh, episode he got rid they got rid of Vonta Davis and it's just like they traded him for for not not really much he just didn't fit Se- in the second round pick was it a second yeah, round okay. pick and, okay, got they, got a good, they got a good decent but isn't he top three top four cover uh, corner and he just didn't fit the Philbin scheme or you're not his kind of player granted. Davis does seem quite aloof and like a total idiot, but on the football field between the uh, lines, he's really ridiculous. Phil is just, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised Warren Buffett didn't take him out when he had a shoulder pad. <laughs> Drive across the field. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I gotta say, they made some gross miscalculations there in Miami. They just thought they could get along with this offensive scheme, not really needing guards. They sort of took the Philadelphia Eagle approach, saying, oh, we don't need to have a decent guard. Uh, our guards could suck, and our offense is still going to be good. And that decision is backfiring in their face. Uh, because, you know, now that Albert's a little bit banged up day-to-day, their offensive line is sort of atrocious. Uh, Ryan Tannehill not having much time to throw, you know, not being able to open up holes for uh, Lamar Miller all that regularly. And, and then even when they do open up holes for Lamar Miller, they're giving it to him like seven times a game. Uh, and he's just not getting the carries. He needs to be a fantasy factor so far this season. Uh, and then you've got you know garbage time, you know destroyer Jonas Gray coming in there for 49 yards. Uh, it's just an interesting mix. And then what they're doing with their use of receivers, uh, it's quite quite the head scratcher sometimes. Well, Devontae Parker is is definitely looking better, and he's learned the uh, he's learned the playbook a little bit more. Uh, he'll be worked in there more and more, and people have been asking about Richard Matthews because he's been uh, he's been kicking ass and taking names, and it's it's been impressive. He's been doing it all off season as well, and it's kind of surprising with the the guys that they went out and got. They went out and drafted uh, Devontae Parker, got, went out and got Stills. They signed their veteran Jennings. Richard Matthews has been there the whole time, and sure enough, he's the starter and he's the one uh, you know putting up the numbers. I've been talking about him in my waiver wire pickups for the last two weeks, and and for anyone on this one. Telling you again, if, if he's out there in your league, you need to grab him. Because the fact is, I agree with you, Devontae Parker is a guy that's coming on. We, we saw him getting, like, you know, one target, I think, in the first game. Then it was three targets, then seven targets. So he's he's getting involved in the Dolphins. Look for him to be a factor. You know, I and I mentioned this week in my uh, to the Pyro Pros in the video, if you can grab Devontae Parker and stash him, Stash him right now because that's a guy that you're going to want in about three weeks. You know, because that's about when he's going to start really finding his niche and groove in the offense. But as it stands, like you're mentioning with Kenny Stills and Greg Greg Jennings, they have no allegiance or alliance to them. It's whoever's going to step up and make the plays. And Matthews is making the plays. And the other good news for Matthews is it it doesn't get worse for him in the sense because Jarvis Landry is still the guy that's commanding all the respect. Jarvis Landry is the guy that's always actually not even running the deep route. So he's dragging the extra defenders across the middle and opening things up for him on the sidelines and the out and the long outs. Yeah, and I mean, that's going to happen for whoever is there, you know, whoever ends up taking on that second uh, receiver spot, which eventually will be Parker. He's the most talented of the bunch by far. 
but until then, yeah, it, Matthews is a great stopgap. Somebody should even get in your lineups uh, and, until it shows that he's you know falling down the total. What point. about this week though? This this week shapes up like a tough one for him. No, um, it, it depends. It, the thing is, is that the Jets are God. They, they, you know Landry's going to be in the slot. Uh, they're an enigma. Right with uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, uh, I I had a with Revis and all. That. Revis played two snaps in the slot last week. He's not going to play in the slot over Jarvis Landry. So that you know shapes up nicely for Landry. He's probably going to be over there on Rashard Matthews all game. Uh, I think Buster Screen played like ninety-seven percent of the uh, plays in the slot last week. So he's a guy who can be beaten. Uh, so. Yeah, plus Revis has got some health questions with his hammy, and their defense can be stellar. Let's see. They have been a bit up and down over the first couple weeks here. Uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off there. I don't remember. Yeah, what no, no, that's, what, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to mention Revis and how, um, at this point, first of all, he's not going to go into the slot and just start playing slot receivers. That's not his bag. You it's, don't do that later on in your career. No, definitely not. <laughs> They're, I mean, they've been playing him on the left side for the most part, and he's been doing just fine over there. But that's not where Landry's going to be. Uh, Matthews may be over there uh, on the right side quite a bit. Who knows when they go to three receiver sets where they're going to place everybody. But Landry's a slot receiver and should be fine in the game. I don't expect uh, Rashard Matthews to have the same type of production that he's been having. No, and he's going to uh, get a ton of attention this game because of the production that he's had of also. Course. So expect that. But he still has long-term value because he's, he's, Landry is going to draw the, the top corners on other teams that they face. But let's just say last thing about the Dolphins. When you, when you think about Ryan Tannehill, um, what was his strength of schedule going into the season? He had like the, was it the 30th or 31st no, hardest schedule? Season? Yeah. Uh, Tannehill? Yeah. 18. Was it 18? 18. Okay. If I, that's off the top of my head. I can check real quick. What's, let's be honest. Last year we loved him so much because he had the easiest. But we, I just think we thought he was going to mature and be ready to take the that's next step. And I don't, I'm not going to write him off oh, in the whole 13? Yeah. I can't write the whole system off quite yet. But it's not looking pretty through three games, and uh, I, you know, I just want to see him ever, you know, be able to. This why you have Devontae Parker. Can he complete the deep pass? Yeah. Couldn't do it with Mike Wallace. Can you do it? Can you do it here? So well, there's nobody. I mean, it's, they're not going to. And the thing, Never Jordan Cameron should be able to have a decent game too. Uh, the, the yeah, what's his injury? Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, he caught a few passes. It seemed like he was okay. As far as I know, he'll be back playing in this one too. Um, the, the Jets have actually ruled out with jet lag. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey now, all right. Let's go to the Jaguars at the Colts. Um, what's his name? Uh, Luck pulled one out of his buttons in the uh, in the second half, almost going to zero and three ski. Not looking pretty uh, over there. Let's start on that side of the ball. Stags, I think you had an interesting uh, stat when we were talking before we pressed record on on Luck and his uh, new favorite target, Mister Old. What do you guys call it? Old in the tooth. Old in the tooth, Andre Johnson. <laughs> long in the tooth? Long in the tooth. Really long in the tooth, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, like I, old in the tooth. <laughs> what is it, a 7.4 quarterback rating when targeting Andre Johnson yeah. this season? Uh, seven completions on 18 targets and just pretty, pretty awful. With Three a couple, INTs. With a couple INTs you know, thrown in there. Uh, and it just looks like you know Dante Moncrief is that number two receiver. Uh, so one of the things... I was doing in the offseason. It was late in drafts, drafting Dante Moncrief uh, paired with Philip Dorsett because the word was, you know, Philip Dorsett's going to be the man for that number three slot. You know, how big is that one paying off? Moncrief's out there playing more snaps than Andre Johnson last week. And I think 
and he's what caught a touchdown in pretty much every game this season. And, and he's just a physical freak that we thought he was last season. He's got the ability to go deep. And T.Y. T. Hilton's still demanding a lot of coverage that leaves him with the secondary corners. Uh, you know, Dorsett got his first touchdown pass of his career last week uh, and looked pretty good uh, on a couple other routes. Uh, and then, you know, Fleener was somewhat involved, which was nice. And, you know, the offensive line looked better. <laughs> Which isn't saying much. Well, Mon- Moncrief got his his day saved by that uh, by that last touchdown there. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, it was a pretty mediocre day. Otherwise, four for thirty two with that with that touchdown finally that that saved him uh, right there. But uh, Frank Gore, I'm patting myself on the back if you guys can't see. Oh yeah, uh, Frank Gore. Uh, I was I was right on that one. They were definitely going to run the ball. I don't know why anybody was thinking just because he had a. Two tough first games against tough defenses doesn't mean the guy is all of a sudden washed up. You throw him up against a Tennessee defense like that, of course he's going to do some business. And that's the thing about fantasy football. I stress it every week. Everything I ever say is all about short memory, guys. Short-term memory. You need it. So let's talk about that because this week, get short-term on Frank Gore because it's not as good of a matchup for him at Jacksonville. This is the game where Andrew Luck reestablishes himself. It's going to have this, to be. This is, this is where, look... It's all out there for him. This is your all, also a divisional opponent for him. He, he's familiar with his team. Tom Brady just lit them up, uh, all over the field. So, you know, he, Luck needs confidence. He needs to get everything going. And I think that that's part of the problem, too, is that when you bring in someone like Andre Johnson, it's, it hurts continuity in a lot of ways because everybody was used to doing things at a, at the, at a different way before, and now you're changing offenses to meet, match around these guys that you brought in. And, you know, he's just not producing. I think now they're starting to get to the point where his targets just continue to decrease. It moves down. And this is also why Philip Dorsett's a guy that you should probably, you know, if you can stash on a long bench as well, do that. Because there's a good potential that if it comes, the Hilton, uh, Dorsett, Moncrief show, uh, you know, once you get to week seven, eight, nine. Well, there's also a chance that Gore can punch in a short one. Sure. Well, Garrett Blunt did three times. Yeah, three times. You know, Deion Lewis scored one before that. So, you know, he's got they all four of the rushing touchdowns they lit up to uh, running backs last season or last week to the Patriots, who just hammered them. Uh, their defense is getting kind of beat up, though. They are losing members of their defense up and down the field. That, like, the Jacksonville defense is just getting sent to the injury room. Uh, so yep. that that's some things to look forward to. But they have been pretty tough through the first couple weeks against running backs. I think they could have a. I think it's a decent matchup for Gore. I think of all the running back twos out there, he's still one of the, you know, better weekly plays, uh, just because of how how crappy the position looks so far this right. season. Well, they're not going to abandon the run completely, so you know, and he's still going to, and he can still make some plays in the screen game too. So you know, no, and, and to be honest, I, I think the the best way the Colts can go about it is to establish the run first. You know, I mean, yeah, Luck may be able to do it all himself, but when they're still trying to figure out the offense and figure out how to mix and match with the new pieces and everything, you're going to have to establish that run. You know, you, and that's just the way it's got to be. When you can't pass block, then you have to establish a run and use play action at first to then lighten up the pass For rush. sure. So look well, let's that. go to the other side of the ball. Jaguars, Bortles, uh, what, what's going to happen? They're going to say boring. <laughs> no, I, well, sort of. <clears throat> As I told you guys, I started... 
T. Yeldon over on Steve Smith. That was a, a real crushing blow to the ball sack with a high heel. Um, is he going to do anything this week? He's a guy that I'm playing at flex here and there. Is, is, is Yeldon, can he do anything? Well, he'll get a lot of play again, for sure. I mean, he's going to continue to get a lot of play. He's playing well with it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, he doesn't have a, a good yards per carry, obviously, but that's not totally on him. I mean, his offensive line has just been brutal. You know, he's, there's no holes to, to go through. But Indianapolis isn't... Um, you know they're they're not the the end all be all of defenses for sure. is great. Chota's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Do you have the numbers on you by chance? Of Jonas Gray? Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what he ended up doing to them what was two hundred two oh two oh one two oh two two oh three with four TDs. Four TDs. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean it could definitely be had against them. Granted, totally different offensive line, different uh, offense in general. But still, I mean, Jacksonville, and this is another one of those short memories. I mean, Bortles had a terrible game last game. He had a great game before that, but you have to look at matchups. I see so many experts out there, and they look at exactly what happened last week and say, oh, Bortles sucks again. Uh, I'm going to put him as my 30th QB. I Fucking think idiot. <laughs> hey, matchup means everything. Everything. That's why Goro was a top play the last week, and that's why he was down the 30s the week before. It just you got to look at those things. Bortles is going to have a pretty decent game in this one. I know that Vontae Davis will be back. I don't think he's totally 100%, but uh, he'll probably be playing on Robinson. So look for Lee and look for Hearns to do some damage. Is Lee and okay? Because I know that he was, he like, didn't he leave that game with an injury? He, as well? He's left every game every. he's ever played. <laughs> and yes, he did. He left two weeks ago and he left last week, I think. But he's caught a couple balls here and there. Um, but they're going to have to be passing the ball a little bit. Bortles should do well against this completely banged up and just broken down secondary. Uh, so I, I think it'll be I think it'll be okay for Bortles this week. He's a midline type of guy. You know, I think I think Marquise Lee should change his name from Marquise Lee to Marquise Exile Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's um, let me quickly do before we move on to our next game. Let me do a pyro promo. Well, uh, can I do a Valverde promo? Yeah. All right. Who do you got going on your music and your audio clips tonight, Deanie? Well, music, we got Rick James, and audio, we, we have uh, Dave Chappelle. I'm Rick James, bitch. I missed that guy. Um, sweet, great mix here. Sweet, sweet, sweet. It sounds like we're going to have some fun audio tonight. I'm going to do a quick pyro uh, promo. Go to um, iTunes. We I don't think we've had a review or a write-up in probably three weeks. Well, the thing is, they iTunes gave us the, the boot and like switched our feeds. And now the one with less reviews is higher in the rankings. And I can't even explain it. Like It makes no sense. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Why do you why do, do this to... why do you do this to me, iTunes? It like keeps me up at night. I but... agree. But go do What's it. What's the algorithm? Please write a write review on the higher one, whichever one, I don't care. We'll hopefully be able to get iTunes to answer an email of ours and merge them together. Right now, for God knows what reason, they've got two Pyro podcasts up there for us. We fixed it. There was one. Then three months later, it was two again. Steve Jobs, fix this. <laughs> uh, but go there. Give us a review. Give us a write-up. It helps us in our stature. Maybe. We don't know what the hell <laughs> happens. Uh, uh, <laughs> we, we, just wanna, we want 
positive reinforcement. That's all. Just tell us we're doing a good job. It's true. It's true. And if you aren't an Apple person and you despise all that is Apple and you think it's uh, a socialistic, uh, propagandic movement, I can respect that. And I'm with you. Go listen to us on Stitcher or Spreaker and enjoy your Android, enjoy your Microsoft stuff. There's enough technology for everyone to listen to the Pyro Podcast. If you've been listening to podcasts for five years, six years that we've been doing it, I like the grape. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. Five, five years ago? No. <laughs> what is it? Uh, we were talking about Apple about five years ago. Oh, I don't know. Nice. We kept going I do remember that. Yeah, I did something about grapes. I, I like it. a song it. I made up. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, I give it that. Yeah. I wish I had more hands so I could give those titties four thumbs down. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got a lot of reasons for uh, wanting more hands. Titties aren't involved. Not thumbs down. <laughs> Titty grabs. <laughs> All right. New York Giants are going to be at the Bills, two New York teams. What happens? Does great defense beat um, what seems to be a hot offense at this time? What's to expect? Let's right. start with well, whoever you want. I'm just going to throw out a couple of things. First of all, this will be the uh, return of Victor Cruz. Uh, he should be in the, back in this game, and that will push Randall back outside. Uh, so don't be expecting the same game that he had last time. Uh, don't be expecting Cruz to be the same player that he was. Uh, it, it'll be a little mix and match, and... Uh, it's not going to be a good time for the Giants in this one. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. It's not to say that the Bills' defense isn't beatable because I think that uh, their armor has definitely been shown to have a few nicks in it. But I, I don't, you know, once you throw a whole other piece in there, everything's going to go a little bit haywire for a week, and this isn't the week that you want things to go haywire against an opportunistic, uh, really strong defense like the Bills. Yeah, not only that, you have the Giants who have. Not been very stout themselves. No. On defense, so I, I just got. I, I really want to talk about Tyrod Taylor because. Okay. Uh, okay. Just just as long as you give me Carlos. Give you. Oh, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm calling I'll, it right now. This I'm, is the coming out party of Carlos Williams. I've been calling that on, on, on the waiver wire as well. So hopefully. I saw you ranked to Adam ranked at eight. I went in every league this week to see if he's, he's available. He's, he's available. <laughs> he was only owned in forty five percent of CBS leagues. I'm in a lot of believe this. That kid's a monster. He's yeah. better than LaShawn McCoy he is better. right now. And McCoy's going to keep playing. Let's talk about when him right he's now. Healthy. Let's go ahead. Okay, well, McCoy's going to keep playing when he's healthy, but he's not. Get, I think they're going to keep him out this week. Uh, from what everything that I can tell, the they're going to keep him out this week, and here comes Carlos. This is a perfect defense to do it against. Lots of holes, lots of room. He's a strong kid. He's quick. He's, he's decisive. He's, he's going to have a real fun time in this one. Because if you want to go into Tyrod, go ahead. Ty, Tyrod's been uh, pulling his weight. Pulling his weight. And not only this, everyone we were thinking when he came in and he was going to be the starter. Remember, last week was his first road game, right? Pretty Looked pretty damn good on the road. Mm-hmm. And he didn't use his legs. I think he ran for three yards. Threw for 277 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. So How many picks? Three attempts for 12 yards. Oh, it was okay. Three attempts for 12 yards. So, How many picks? Zero. Zero. Now, here's the other part that's impressive, and here's where you really got to like what he's got going into this game. The Giants have a lot of 300-yard passer in every game this season. Oh, they're going to say every game for five years. Well, and including including Kirk Cousins. Oh, good Okay? Lord. So, Tyrod Taylor, if you're thinking about this is a, a good week to get, get him going again, I would say yes, it is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but here's the, here's the one problem with it all. Watkins, 
He's, he's, yeah, he got banged up uh, again, and he's not. <laughs> again. <laughs> and he's not very good at playing through injuries. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's pretty pretty poor at it. It's, you you don't want to play him if he's trying to play through an injury. I I don't know how bad it is. Do you know anything more than than I would know on it? Always oh, questionable tag, but I just think this matchup's interesting because this is the battle of both teams that have allowed over a thousand passing yards through two yeah. games. So I think there's going to be some things scored. Uh, and so you've got to talk about, when we're talking about this Buffalo Bills defense, we've got to talk about Ronald Darby, the rookie. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's leading the league in passes defended. And, you know, per, you know, all the advanced metrics, has been one of the best, you know, corners in the league so far this year. Uh, and it looks like he might draw a little bit of ODB. He might draw a little bit of everybody. Well, Gilmore, um, I mean, he won't just match up with ODB? You know I, I don't know. I don't know. Stefan is kind of a stud in his own right, but this plays. I mean, what you were just saying right there—the rookie corner—it plays into your dynasty leagues and stuff like that. When you when you go out and you grab your rookie corners, yeah, those great. are the best guys to play. They get picked you, on all the they time. They get picked on all the time. You get all the passes, defense. You get all the tackles. You even get a few ints in there. It's a beautiful thing. Think about think about how how great you're feeling about how how you know the guy's horrible. They're getting picked on all over the place. Pick, pick any of the, the Kansas City Chiefs oh, <laughs> secondary, oh, whether it's Cooper, whether it's... Yeah, and Peters is the rookie. He looks like the best out of all of them, but he's still getting picked on because he's a rookie. So it's like, man, those guys... Yeah, but, yeah, yeah I mean, every yes, every QB has done it, but Rodgers, wow, last night, that was kind of sick what he was doing. He was ridiculous. But yeah. let's, let's stay on the Bills good. game here. So... You know, the, the scary thing for me also with Percy, uh, with um, is Percy Harvin for Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is a guy that just, I, I feel like his chemistry with Tyrod Taylor never has really taken off uh, to any degree. I see it a lot more with, with Charles Clay. I uh, start to seeing it also, you see it with Robert Woods and the limited times that he throws to him, but it's, I think Robert Woods just makes anybody look decent that he doesn't. Get enough separation he's just to really a pro. demand the ball. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a, yeah, he's a great he's, 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 he's an awesome possession receiver, but he just doesn't have that that speed to get that separation. Percy Harvin has got the chemistry with him as well, and they Rex Ryan has got it in his mind that he wants Percy to touch the ball at least ten times a game. Oh, he's had it in his mind for a while that he wants to make Percy Harvin not 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 just a. Full-fledged receiver, but a full-fledged receiver plus, mm-hmm. and that's not easy to do. That's Randall Cobb-esque. Do you think it's also like he wants to prove to the Jets that who let him go that you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have let this Maybe whole thing bit. go? I'm know? sure that, that, that yeah. sort of stuff plays into his head. I mean, he's got feet in his mind all the time. He's got weird things going on. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you want to try and turn Percy Harvin into a full-fledged wide receiver? That's okay. Go, go ahead and try. He's not, but. It's working so but, far. But he's gone from being a guy that when he was on Seattle that was completely unplayable in fantasy to now being, for you that are in 14, 16 team leagues, Bye. he's a guy for that sure. becomes viable. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, this offense is an interesting mix. It's like the dank and the dunk mixed with the power run scheme. <laughs> like, full, full blown. Like, Tyrod Taylor's completing nearly 75% of his passes, which yeah. is unheard of. Yep. Uh, still with a great yards per attempt, but they are running a lot of bubble screens. They're running a, a lot of short passes to get Percy Harvin the ball. Uh, and then they're throwing some deeper ones to Sammy Watkins when he's on the field, giving him the chance to, you know, use his speed long and in the uh, run after the catch game. 
And then, you know, they're also using Charles Clay in sort of a move tight end role, which has been great. Some great uh, seam routes, too. Yeah, great seam great routes to Charles seam Clay routes. that you've seen. And by the way, he was dropped in, like, so many leagues, and I can't understand why. And how great of a play is Charles Clay this week? Oh, God. That's uh, Fourth it's most, it's that a, point of, fourth most points the tight ends this season. The fourth most, yeah. I couldn't, I still couldn't understand what the hell you're saying. <laughs> fourth most points uh, for tight ends this season, yeah. And it, you know what? It's that it's also the type of offense. And that's one thing that people just didn't understand. We tried to preach it. We tried to say it. Get your Charles Clay. This offense is geared towards tight ends. It's a tight end friendly offense. It's just a very happy uh, offense for a lot of guys and. Uh, you should have been trying to jump on a lot of them, but, you know, it's showing well now. Tyrod's doing the right thing. Other side of the ball real yeah. quick. You got anything give else it, to give, say? Give, give a quick hit. Well, let's okay, so hit. we talked about the receivers. You got Cruz coming back. That pushes Randall outside a little bit. Um, I, I think that I think the Giants are trying out another tight end this week as well. Danell oh, been, one that can catch? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, Danell's been okay, whatever, and uh, uh, the other kid... Uh, but it's the running back situation that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, at this point, I think it's more of the Vereen show than anything else. Okay, because that offensive line still can't do a whole hell of a lot as is. So uh, Rashad, Rashad Jennings, as we always said, is kind of a, a piece. Somebody you, you take off the garbage and be like, eh, it's not edible. Uh, you throw it right back. He's a good number two on a good offense, but... You know, he's not a true workhorse running back. Yeah, he's, and he doesn't get goal line either. Not they, anymore. They, yeah, no, and they give it to Andre, who will do just well, you know, just fine, getting you those touchdowns here and there. Uh, yeah, he's the modern-day uh, Tommy Vardell. Sometimes he makes some nice runs, though. He, I mean, does. he makes a nice play. Oh, he can well, bottle when he it destroyed up, really? that guy. Who was, it? was, it, was <laughs> no, that number 34 he ran oh, over? Oh, yeah. remember. Who was he the guy that he it. ran over, though? He... He did, and then and then the guy came back though on the next play and delivered a hit to to Williams as well as he was held up in a pile. It was like it was a little safety. Oh man, <laughs> that was fun to watch. <laughs> but Vereen's Vereen's the guy I think you want, um, especially in this one. It's going to be a stout front going against those guys. You want the the passes out of the backfield. Vereen showed that he can do that last week, week before, the year before, and the year before. That's the guy you want. Nice. Let's go to the next game. Panthers are going to be down in Tampa Bay playing the Buccaneers. What uh, what's to expect from that one? Let's let's make this one pretty quick. More of Cammy Cam. I mean, he doesn't really have anybody to throw to, but it doesn't matter because he's going to keep running. Uh, what seven attempts in every game this season, um, rushing wise. So he's got that going for him. He got the Greg Olson connection going. Uh, who might slow down a little bit this week. He's probably not going to go for you know over 120 yards and two touchdowns. You know, Ted Ginn's... I'll take 110 and one touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Ginn's yeah. is proving to be an adequate receiver. I mean, he's not going to catch everything. You just have to realize that you're going to be frustrated with how it turns out. But he's probably going to get you 70 yards or so a game. And you're going to be like, how did he do that? It'll be on like two catches or it'll be on three catches. And I don't know if he'll ever score a red zone touchdown, but he has that potential for a long one. He's also got that extra value in return yards, return yardage leagues. And then, you know, Devin Funches isn't really somebody who's a consideration. You know, Kotri's still a little banged up. Uh, Already and, uh, ruled out this week. And then, uh, but but here's the thing, real quick. It's when you're looking at it. and I was the guy that was really hoping for Funches to to take the step. You know, 
I really think he's hurting from not having Kelvin Benjamin out there. He was never to be a guy that was going to be the main guy, and he he still has the, the rough hands. So you know, I, I, but, but this is my point for Ted Ginn. Weak. You know, if you're in these deeper leagues, though, I'm telling you, Ginn, I like him because of his ability. Like like Stag said, the deep touchdown strikes. You know what? They're giving him a couple shots because they're trying to do whatever they can to open up the loosen up the defense, and then that's where Greg Olson's eating up everybody alive, or at least last week underneath. Um, but other than that, there's not that much there that excites me. Gen has the speed, plain and simple. It's just it's, sometimes that's all you need to make some plays. Cam works his way around that uh, that backfield, and he can extend plays a little bit. All you got to do is extend it just an extra second, and Gen gets that extra second to get open, and he will. Uh, and, and let's not make excuses for Funches. I mean, we've we've talked about it enough in the off season. It's not because you know somebody isn't there or because of it's because he sucks. No, 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 no. But no, no, <laughs> he's I, bad. I understand. Really but bad. You want to know what though? You put somebody in a situation that's that's a bad situation for him. You're going to get bad results. He was in a better situation when he was not going to be any type of a focal point. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Based on his play. He has not been a focal point. So I don't think that he's going to get much attention paid to him going forward. Now it's incumbent upon him to show that he can do the work and, and, and get the results. We'll see. So I'm still going to reserve, ju- I'm still going to reserve judgment okay. until at least we get through half I, the I season. I don't think he would start for the Michigan Wolverines right now. I'll tell you, I, I, I mean, I'm honest. It I will don't be think he would be. It'll be interesting. If you get feisty in responses over functions, it's going to be a long season. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it goes back. Listen to what we were talking about in the, in the, in the preseason. Too. I saw one play, and then the Stags League on there. I saw one play that Cam threw a nice little ball into the corner of the end zone. Funches looked so slow getting there and then literally got touched by the defender and fell down. The next shot they showed was Cam Newton. He was literally like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was the I saw it. I saw it. He's like, he's like, what? He's like, that guy's not getting thrown to by me again. I, I was going to bring that up. Okay, I was sorry. also going to bring up the fact that he was going to be in a great situation when they asked him to be on the field blocking. Yes. Because <laughs> he does that one. Well. He does block very but, well. That's but true. Bringing, going back to Ted Ginn. Like, if he didn't drop that one touchdown pass you know, in the first game that yeah. everybody marveled at, he's a top 20 receiver. Today. Yeah. Like, through three weeks, he's a top 20 receiver. Like, uh, so you can't really it's argue with the results. they got. You can't, I mean, somebody's got to catch passes eventually. And he's the guy who will help take the top off the defense. So he's got that going for him. How about, you know, Jonathan Stewart getting back healthy, hopefully. Uh, he can't make it through a full game, but he looks okay. You guys, Pyro Stash offered us a trade in the uh, in the Pyro Pro League. He wanted he's trying to trade us straight up. Was it, uh, Marshawn Lynch for Jonathan Stewart? No, I'm good. Later, Stash. Stick it up your pie hole. Um, other side of the ball, you guys want to talk there? Olson to have a great game. He's going to destroy uh, this Tampa Bay defense. So we're done with that. Yep. Go Tampa ahead. Bay. Um, hmm. Winston. He's uh, he's. Exactly what I think we all thought he was, especially me. He's erratic as hell. Okay, he he cannot put a ball on the button to save his life. All right, he just throws up seventeen targets to Mike Evans, and if you watch the game, ten of them weren't even close. I mean, just sailing over his head, seven yards to the side. 
And they're like, what the hell's going on here? But at least he's tossing it. And he's, still, he's going to have the cojones to just throw, 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 throw. And they're going to be down a bunch, you know, a lot. So it's still going to be throw, throw, throw. And Evans will get his, which is fine. But it, it's kind of, it's also going to depend on the matchup somewhat. Against this Panthers team, Mike Evans did terrible last year. It's because they, they just went one-on-one, not one-on-one, but they just decided this is not the guy who's going to beat us. And I think they're going to do that again. They have a shutdown corner, basically. So that's going to happen. I could see Vincent Jackson having, a, I don't want to say a better game, but it wouldn't shock me if he did, had a, if he had a better game than Mike Evans in this one. Uh, Evans, it looked okay. This is finally, he finally had a decent game back last week. Uh, what did he catch? Seven or seven for or 100, 100, over seven for 111 or something, but 17 targets. That's disturbing to catch, you know, and that's not on Evans only catching seven of seven. Well, he did have an egregious drop. True. Yes. Uh, agreed. Agreed. That was, it was, but this ugly. was also but that's the thing that we talked that. about too that was the benefit for Mike Evans when we were talking about where I was ranking him mm-hmm. was that he's going to get zoned in on by Jameis Winston. And for that receiver, that's where I, I you know, I knew that I, I still think Jameis can, can maybe be something long term, but you know it. Rookie season, it's going to be a lot of up and down. After when I started, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, it's going to be a lot of way up and way down. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a matter of can he settle the pendulum down there at all? I don't know. But uh, but either which way he is on the pendulum, he's throwing the ball toward Mike Evans most one, two out of every three times. Yeah. What do you the, got? the stat is for, you know, the Panthers' number one corner, Josh Norman. Yeah. They haven't allowed over 80 receiving yards in like 16 games to the top That's option. pretty good. Uh, so you know he's pretty much capped at what he's going to be, and I don't think he's allowed a touch. He's allowed like a touchdown every eight games. So he's, you know, Mike Evans. They allow wide receiver twos to do some damage against them. Uh, you know, guys like Vincent Jackson last year did a lot of damage against him. Or is it going to be Lewis Murphy? <sighs> well, Vincent Jackson outscored Mike Evans in both the games that they played. The first one was the first game of the year, so it was Mike Evans' first game of his career. To, a little bit different, obviously. Uh, you know, Vincent's going to get a little more play there. But the second one was deep in the season. I think it was week 15, 14 or 15 or something like that. And Evans just got nothing. Just absolutely nothing. It was all Vincent Jackson. So, I I don't know. I, I, like but, I said, but, but you're not going to sit Mike Evans just because he's getting targeted so much. But, but do you really believe in Vincent Jackson in this one, though? Because it's like, that's what I'm saying. I bring up Lewis Murphy, and I, I, I kind of jokingly, but at the same time, he's looked, not. He looked good. He, for three, two, two weeks in a row now. Yes, yeah, he, he was making plays two weeks ago as well. And he's a guy that, it's like, it's weird, it's quiet, it's like, but it's longer longer plays. And it's, it's, here's the thing, he was doing it last year, too. Yeah. And he's, he's a lot better of a receiver than, than people give him credit for. He's had a lot of different weird problems going on uh, with injuries in his life and stuff, but uh, it's, the fact is, they got this. Uh, they drafted this kid King. Uh, uh, what was his for Kenny? Uh, Kenny Bell. Bell. No, no, no. Kenny King. I'm, I'm thinking. I got Raiders on the brain. <laughs> so uh, Kenny Bell, and they decided to put him on IR. He probably could have come back, but they put him on IR for the season. Side Sim. That was going to be their slot receiver of the future. But Lewis Murphy was playing so well in the off season and is doing well in these first few games, and he's getting looks and he's doing well with them. Uh, here's the biggest problem, their backfield. Might as well talk about it for just a second. They can't seem to get that ball running. They're dropping behind games. Their offensive line is a little bit shoddy. Uh, Doug Martin has actually done okay with his running as, when he does get the ball, 
but he's not getting all that much. Charles Sims is getting a lot of play because they're in passing situations quite a bit. And he got a, he got a touchdown last game. Nice one. Uh, a really nice one. Actually, great blocking by Mike Evans. That was the best play I've ever seen from Charles Sims. That's that true. Me too. <laughs> Me too. That was the best best play I've seen by Charles Sims. Good blocking by Mike Evans on the side there. Really bummed me out. I have Evans on my team, and I was hoping it was going to him. But sure enough, it was Sims right there catching the ball, and Evans blocking. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I still see the same kind of type of thing going on in this game because Carolina's got a tough tough defense. They're, they're not going to be easily beat. I see Sims getting maybe a little more play than Martin. All right, let's move on to the next game. Eagles at Redskins. Eagles, if they can't get it going against the Redskins, might never happen. Redskins, on the other hand, have some exciting things happening in fantasy football uh, that I'm excited to keep my eye out on. What's going to happen on this game? We'll start on the Eagles' side of the ball. Nelson Aguilar. is Paging Nelson Aguilar. Okay, so, no, he's not. Some people have been asking, no, he's not droppable. And I'll tell you why, okay? The Eagles are finally starting to feel it a little bit. You can see that the nerves are out of Bradford now. He's starting to just wing, he's starting to wing it instead of force it. He's not, uh, he doesn't look as scared. He didn't look as scared this last game, even though he probably should have going up against the Jets. He didn't look as scared uh, as he did those first couple of games. The offense just needed to, to bring all the parts together. Whenever you bring in a bunch of new moving parts into a complex offense, especially an offense that is based on moving very quickly and just go, 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 it's not going to come together at least for a couple few weeks. People who gave up on Bradford, people do, don't, I hope you didn't, don't give up on Bradford. Don't give up on Aguilar. Don't just drop him. Don't just trade him for 10 cents on the dollar. It's not going to be worth your, your while. All of a sudden, in week seven or eight, when he's going off, you're, you're kicking yourself in the ass and it's going to hurt. Just a quick point on that, just, just as far as, we're three weeks into the season. You can't just punt on guys. Especially Bradford, and who didn't have a preseason. Here's the thing that I never understand. They're like, oh, I'm just cutting bait with this person. Okay, I know they pissed you off. Put them on your bench. There's got to be somebody else that you can cut bait with. I don't get that. Resendez is a nut. You are an animal out there, buddy. He's he's already done with CJ. I hear it with CJ Anderson all the time, too. And I'm a CJ Anderson owner. And I'm I'm annoyed with it. But you want to know what? Before I'm dropping him... I am not dropping him. He just drops to my bench, and I find somebody else, whether I'm, I'm going to elevate up Giovanni Bernard over him or whatever the case may be, fine. But there's somebody else on my bench that I can drop to pick up another guy on the waiver wire that could compete with him as well. And you're not going to trade him. Like I said, don't trade him for 10 cents on the dollar. People are going to offer you... you know, The I mean, worst trades are the ones that are made right now in the season. Someone's going to offer you a skin for C.J. Anderson. And there are some morons out there who are th- th- going to think... Yeah, I can't wait to get Ted Ginn. I get rid of the C.J. Anderson guy. Don't do that. Come on. Here's the thing with Nelson Aguilar. Like, the guys he's going up against are no jokes. He's getting the top team's top corner every single time he's on the field. Uh, Week one, Desmond Trufant, 34 Mm -hmm. snaps. Week two, Brandon Carr, 33 snaps. Last week, Darrell Revis, 24 snaps. Jordan Matthews saw him twice in the slot. Yep. Uh, that's 81% of all his routes. He's ran exactly 100 on the season. 81 have been targeted or uh, covered by a top corner. And that's a rookie trying to go up against in, in a new offense with a, a whole new moving parts and everything. Believe me, you'll be fine. Do not just drop him. Do not trade him for nothing. 
What about uh, DeMarco Murray? Is another guy that everyone's jumping off the wagon with. Uh, you got Ryan Matthews had a nice touchdown and looks like he's going to be getting more opportunities. Season-wide, season-wise, do you like DeMarco Murray this year or should owners, like myself, be scared? No, don't be scared. Basically, what you saw last week is what DeMarco Murray will be doing. It just is an offense that wasn't ready those first couple weeks. They They hadn't worked all together yet. They were holding DeMarco Murray out too much in the preseason, in the offseason, uh, even in the offseason workouts. Same thing with Bradford. It just takes time for things to gel and get together. It took a couple weeks. It was ugly. I'm sorry for everybody out there who has them, but live with it. Just go with it, and hopefully you have a winning record. Hopefully things are okay and you're able to, you're able to overcome it. But believe me, DeMarco is a better running back than Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews is good. Don't get me wrong. But what Ryan Matthews did this last week, DeMarco could have done as well and could have done even better. Okay, There was a couple of passes that Ryan Matthews dropped that were inexcusable, that were, I just pissed my pants, what the hell just happened type of passes right in your freaking hands. Especially what he was when he first came into the league. He was the ultimate dual threat, awesome out of the backfield, catching everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Now... With Sproles having an awesome game, does that awesome make season. this? Yeah, awesome <laughs> season. Does that make more of a situation where he's obviously going to be getting more touches now? Does that hurt Demarco when Demarco's back? Is there enough for DeMarco, everybody? Demarco's not like the guy who's the main receiving guy anyway, so I don't really think it hurts him all that much. It's no, Demarco. Demarco just needs to get to the point where him and Chip Kelly get together. Uh, yeah. Everything's on the same. Everything page. gets on the same page. Yeah, he he get he's healthy and he gets his carry. He gets more than seven or eight carries in a game, and they let him establish himself. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know what? There's the, the offensive line is also makeshift as well. It's all all just kind of uh, you know scrapped and put together. It takes them a while to gel as well. What Ryan Matthews did was what Demarco Murray will be doing. Ryan Matthews will go back to. You know, the the guy who comes in spells for a series or two, maybe gets a couple of third down plays here and there, but it's going to be DeMarco Murray, one and two, uh, sprolls in for the third down stuff and for passing down and maybe even the hurry up offense or whatever or whatnot. And believe me, Murray's the one you want to own on the team. Matthews just had a great game. So what about for this week now? Is Aguilar going to, is this the week that he gets off now since he's not facing the top corner? I don't know he, if the Redskins get, have a top corner. That's what I'm so, saying. He's yeah. not facing the top corner. <laughs> Especially so. even with, the, I mean, not to say he's a top corner anymore, but D'Angelo Hall's out. So, I mean, they right, that's a, that was their best corner. Yeah. Well, the, uh, they also talk, talk about the offensive line. <laughs> you have like two, <laughs> 10 minutes in there with the talk. And well, you guys, talk to the frogs in the throat. You guys kept cutting them off. Some yeah, new I wanted to talk about the offensive line and how they just lost their starting offensive guard, Andrew Gardner, for the season. Yeah, I wanted to talk about how they lost their, the, the highest scoring kicker in fantasy football for the season yep. and had to replace him with some you know, guys who aren't very good. Ooh, so, uh, Nick Novak, didn't they sign Novak? No, Caleb Sturgis. Oh, that's right, Sturgis. Sturgis. Nick Novak went Novak. to Houston. That's right, Novak went to Houston. Sturgis is in South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Harley guys. But, you know, there's just all these factors. I still want to see uh, Nelson Aguilar do it on the field once. I, I, he's not going to be in my lineup until I see it. True. I, yeah, I'm going to bench him until I see it. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm i close to dropping him, though. I mean, Quit. even even if you can't get open against the top corner, your target volume is not high enough for me. Uh, I, I need to see a little bit of life for me this week, or else you're going to be on my chop list. Uh, 
you know, week four is about the time you got to start making moves. You know, when when we do this, you know, about week four, about week two, about week two, it should be about 75% preseason expectations, 50%, you know, or 25%, you know, what's happened this season. And about week four, it's like 50-50. So you got to take things that you thought in the preseasons, you got to take things that you think during the season, and you got to meld those together or else... You know, you're stuck in your ways and you're going to have a crap team. Well, that's also why it's like there's always there's a trades that happen early on. That's what I'm talking about. There's trades that happen early on. People are like, oh my God, it's a horrible trade. That's the worst trade ever. And the team that they think is getting the better end of the deal, 80% of the time usually gets the worst end of the deal when it's all <laughs> yeah. said and done. Name value. Name value. So that's it. Perception is not, is not always reality, although in fantasy football to people it is. Quick question. Ertz. He'll be fine too. He'll be fine too. They're getting him out on the field, which which is nice. Uh, it, 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 the production hasn't quite been there yet, but they want it to be. And I think it, against the Redskins, against a team like the Redskins, who are normally not the greatest against tight ends, I could see it coming into play. Uh, it's it's been frustrating. It's been frustrating for everybody on that team. Obviously, anybody that you have on that team, it's been frustrating unless you have Sproles and happen to be playing, but. Everybody is going to get their due as soon as this, the team starts rolling and they get everything together. Believe me, Ertz will be just fine as well. Right, Dog, let's, let's you, just, you just somebody just needs to do a quick quick hit Redskins. So we quick can hit Redskins. I think the the thing that's most concerning for people at Washington, I think this is the most important thing to talk about though, is just what's going on, Alfred Morris, Matt Jones, because uh, Jones is getting more touches right now. I, I think, especially in an interdivision uh, game like this, I think that Alfred goes back to the lead dog. Uh, Matt Jones having that big fumble last week didn't help things in his in his manner. Uh, so I, I think that Alfred goes back to being the lead dog in this one a bit. Fact, uh, the problem is, is that if they go down a little bit, then maybe Matt Jones gets a little more play, which he he will in you know situations where they're down, which they will be. But the Redskins defense has shown to be pretty good thus far. If they can hold the Eagles back and the Eagles don't pull it together this game, it could be a, a, a Morris dominated game. I think one of the other big questions or big things to say about the Redskins is that it looks like Deshaun Jackson might come back this week. Mm. Uh, we were just talking about it last week that it was supposed to be a three to four week injury, but he's recovered pretty darn quickly and it looks like he's going to actually play. And this being against the his, Eagles, the Eagles off. It's a go off type of game. So I, I actually have him ranked pretty high, even though it's his first game back. Who does his return hurt more, Pierre Garçon or Jordan Reed? Well, the thing is, is I think it actually hurts Reed more, and I'll tell you why. Because Garçon hasn't been doing shit anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he had a touchdown, fine, but he, it's not like he's been catching eight, nine balls and putting up 90, 100 yards or anything like that. So no, he did, get, tar- he did get targeted 12 times, though. True, but it's still... Five hasn't, catches, though. Yeah, exactly. It just hasn't gone for much. So I mean, you're you're hurting. I mean, it's yeah. Is Reed the best receiver on that team right now? Kind of is right now. He always is when he's healthy. When healthy, he's uh, when healthy, he's a stud. Plain and simple. I mean, and they finally have him running real routes this year. They're not just having him run the five yard out uh, out of the out of the uh, off the sideline and into the bench. Over under on Reed three games. He looks good when he's playing. Uh, I'll say one quick thing on uh, on Matt Jones. I'll tell you one thing, that fumble, there's 
one other player in the league that can get around the end on, on that play that he did fumble. They were totally out of the game already. And the other guy that can get around the end like that is about 100 pounds lighter than him. Yeah. The way that that guy can get around in the end at that body size, I don't have enough of this Carlos Williams uh, you know, game. To, I haven't seen him run the ball enough to say it. I have seen uh, Jones a bunch. It's unbelievable. I mean, he is... He's Steven Jackson when he was young, but much faster. Like, much faster. Uh, I think they're going to keep on giving him more of the balls and the carries to Alfred. I think Alfred is a candidate to be traded and moved out of there. The team's bad. They're not going to re-sign him. Get what you can for him. You know what kind of Scott uh, McLaughlin or whatever is going to going to ride with his guys. He's a, he's a headstrong type of um, GM like that. So... I still think um, I still think you should be pretty excited with Jones. It was just a crap game. It was yeah. a crap game for him. And you can get a crap game out of this team. Every and year. every every rookie <laughs> is going to fumble. And now it's a matter of how does the rookie respond after the fumble? Yeah. Does he respond well or does he respond like Mel I'm sorry, Tyler Murphy. It was an accident. I was having too much fun. I'll have fewer troops. The stickiest of the icky. You want to smoke with the old boy Rick James? <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game, a game in which Houdini and myself will be at. What's up? Hey, guys, did you hear that there's a tornado warning in Illinois today? And they're telling everybody to go to Soldier Field because there's not going to be any touchdown there. <laughs> oh, oh, stag party. Wow. Uh, Houdini will be there. I will be there. I'm going to be celebrating underneath my breath for an Amari Cooper, as we all know. I will be celebrating under my breath for a Latavius Murray. And to be honest, the team's so shitty. I'm not. I'm going to be over my breath. I might just have an Amari Cooper jersey on. If people start trying to start fights with me, I'll be like, you're fighting for a lost cause. No, no. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of be like... Oh, great. You're just going to let Latavius Murray just run all over us. Just making him look like a fantasy god. I'm be like, yes. <laughs> That's what I did two weeks ago when I was at the Cardinals game. My buddy started Larry Fitz. And beforehand, he's like, he's like, I just want to see him. I'm at the game. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. Every touchdown and catch. And he also had uh, he also had Carson Palmer as his quarterback. He's like, and then he'd be, we'd be low five. And <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. So I think the Bears are that team that like when you're streaming, you're looking for these type of matchups. And Derek Carr is a guy that has gotten picked up in some leagues, but he's still not owned in over 60% of the leagues. So he's available. And you look at what he's got going on, you're like, man, he's gonna. it'll carry this week. It gets a little bit tougher after that. But if you want to plug and play for this week and a guy that you can you know, have confidently as, as this offense is developing, I really like what David Carr is putting together here. Dante Derek. Oh, did I say it again? Yeah, yeah you guys. Damn are, it! That, that's me. That's twice two weeks in a row now. Jesus. He's by Devin Jimmy Carr. Smith. Let's get it straight. Know. I know. I, I love it. I love it. I, I own him on two teams already, Derek Carr. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about it. Amari Cooper. Damn it! I think he's gonna have a beastly game. Go ahead. So I'm pretty sure there's a couple guys in the NFL who are pretty good receivers, like Julio Jones, AJ Green, and Antonio Brown who never had back-to-back 100-yard games in their rookie seasons. Wow. That's pretty good. Wow. Pretty nice. I got Amari right now. Uh, and I know it did both. I got him in my top ten. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> I got him in the top ten this did week. Did you see boy. that stiff arm that he delivered? Was that two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was two weeks ago. 
But that stiff arm that he gave, I mean, just everything I'm seeing about the guy, I just love him. The, Bear, the Bears are shedding everybody off their defense. They just shipped away Jared Allen and John Bostic. Uh, they just cut ties with Brock Vereen. So it's all going to be a, a mishmash, and, and this is one of these things right now that the Bears realize that they, they have to be the worst roster. Top to bottom, there's not a, a worse roster of players in the National Football League. They could replace, of the 53, yeah. they could replace 24 of them with practice with, with, with practice squad players right now from other teams. Yeah, other they can go on to all the other practice squads, bring in 24 of the guys, and they would be starting. They would be in the active lineup for them uh-huh. right now. That's so, how bad the Bears are. And we knew it. And so we knew it, so expect awesome, the them to not really put up much of a fight in this one. And the other thing is, too, there, there's talk that you're going to get Clawson, uh, or I'm sorry, Cutler's going to be back and Alshon Jeffrey's going to be back. I don't think Cutler's going to be back. I think Cutler probably misses this game. I don't know why you're playing Jimmy Clawson, though. I don't know. If you if you want to think about that, what do we have on this team for the future, why don't you play David Fails? Might as well try. And his name is David Fails. That's why you don't play him. I pick up Tim Tebow. No, but it's already... He's got a failing grade when he comes onto this team anyway. This team's, this team's a failure to begin with. He fits in perfectly. What is Clawson ever going to do for you? You saw what Clawson could do for you last week. What did... Did what? I mean, was ten that not punts. Ten, ten punts, ten possessions, ten punts? That was yeah. one of the worst displays of offense I've ever seen out of any team on any level in any grade. You could have quarterbacked them to do that. That didn't take much. They much had more work punts than completions in the game. That's God pretty damn. amazing. It's crazy. Well, let's not talk about them. Let's move on to another game. Well, you know what? I will say Forte. No, Forte, right. Forte is the guy fine. For, Forte is a fine play. Uh, Martellus Alshon, Bennett is the fine yeah, play. Martellus okay. Is it? It is. Gary Barnage? Look, every tight end that has yeah, played against it, Oakland this year. Now, I will tell you this, because this is the other streaming thing. As I've been, uh, luckily, I've been covering all the, the tight ends that have uh, played against in my write-ups. <laughs> that, have, that have gone against and Oakland. Tyler Eifert opens the season with over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Crockett Gilmore has 80 yards and two touchdowns. Or one touchdown. Uh, no, he had two he touchdowns. Had two. He had two touchdowns. He was just ruled out Gary, for this week. Probably. Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage. Just now? Yeah, I just read it. This is the stat on Gary Barnage. Okay? He had 105 yards and the two touchdowns this week. I want you to realize... Well, no, he, he had one. one. Okay, he's the one that had one. Doesn't matter. It's the 105 or 106 yards that I'm concerned with. Gary Barnage has been in the league for eight years. That 105 yards topped his total in four different seasons. I love Barnage when he came out. <laughs> Barnage is my guy. You did like him. I did. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, it's like weird him. to say you think I'm kidding, but I actually did like Barnage. He was on Arizona or something. Yeah, and he was. Uh, yeah, he had uh, he had some chops to him, but I don't know. That never panned out. But <laughs> anyway, yes. Now uh, you're right. Uh, Martellus Bennett should be a good play this week, but that's if if Alshon comes back. If Alshon doesn't come back, that's all you have to pay attention to. Just bunch the line. Guard Bennett and bunch the line against Forte, and that's all. That, that's all Seattle did. But the like, best part, we don't care where the hell Royal goes. We don't care where Bellamy goes, where Marquez Wilson goes. Let them all run all if, over the field. It's not like Klausen could get it to him. If Cutler was playing, though, if Cutler does play, you start Martellus. You play him in all the all the fan duel sure. type stuff, Dra- DraftKings, whatever. Sure. But going forward, watch this because it is an anomaly, and it's one of those amazing anomalies that happens. You chase the tight end that is playing against Oakland. Yep. I'm telling you, I, I mentioned it a second ago, but pick up Tim Tebow, 
Give him a jersey. Give him Brandon Marshall's old number 15. He's going to be a better quarterback than anybody we got. And if Cutler does play on Sunday with me at the game, I'm going to tell you one thing. I will not have a voice on Sunday night. Because I am going to be <laughs> yelling so many obscenities to that MFR. You are not even going to know what hits you. I'm going to get the whole... I'm going to get... I'm just going to just... It's going to be scary. Did you see his nice little GQ haircut on the sidelines there this no, week? No, oh, I don't look at him. When I see him, I, I close my eyes. Good Lord, yeah. Well, I close my eyes when I pound Valverde. <laughs> you must not I'm have one your eyes off. of the all time. <laughs> one of the best singers, one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Texans at the Falcons. All right, Julio Jones. MVP of the season so far. Yeah. Why the hell didn't I draft that guy number one in any league I was in? Guy's just too good. Gone. MVP of my football life. That guy is so much fun to watch. So much fun. I'm so glad I got him and I have him in my my most important league. You know how you have, like, those of us in multiple leagues, you have one league that means more than anything. And in my league, with long touchdowns are worth something, but in the He's the second highest scorer of anyone. Normally, you got quarterbacks that are the top five or six yeah. or whatever. He's only got one quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, that's ahead of him. Let's not talk about him then. Let's just move on to some of the other players uh, because we know you're starting him and you know he's going to be awesome. Well, the matchup is so good. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, it's so good against the best defenders in the world. I, know, I have no need to talk about Julio Jones. Yeah. Let's talk about the other guys. Can we talk about Matt Ryan then, who's going up against a defense that allows 21 points a game to quarterbacks? That allowed Cam Newton to score 27. That allowed Alex Smith to throw, what, four touchdowns? Wow. Three or four touchdowns. That allowed Jameis Winston to, you know, throw for 261 yards. So, yeah, Matt Ryan is a top, top flight option this week. Uh, and then, you know, Leonard Hankerson That's on the, the other guy. side. Uh, you got Roddy White out there who's basically been an afterthought the last two weeks. Has one target over the last two weeks. He has had like a red zone target expunged because of penalty. He has had you know a couple other targets expunged because of penalties. So he is getting some, but in two wide receiver sets, they are now rotating Roddy White and Leonard Hankerson. And Hankerson is the one that's getting all the activity. This is one of these guys, too, that he's out there. My God, if you're looking for a receiver, this is going to be like that week where Hankerson is no longer going to be underthought of anymore and he'll be owned in like 80% of leagues or 90% of leagues after this week. So you need to grab him now. And if you're going Julio Jones, you owe it to yourself to grab him now because he's more effective right now than, than Roddy White. We've talked about this in the last podcast. I know, and, but I, I was watching out eye tests for him because you were saying this a week ago. I saw him drop a, and make a couple boneheaded plays, Hankerson. I saw some yeah. drops. I mean, he when I wanted to make this Oh, how the hell did he drop that? But obviously he's going to get a lot. Of, he's getting a lot of opportunities, and it looks like he's the apparent heir apparent to uh, Arati. But the guys, he made some boneheaded well, plays. That's what got. Him. That's what got him. You know, jettisoned from uh, the Redskins and everything too. So I mean, that's that's not a surprise. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is what's what's going on here on the offense is this offense, as we all know, and as we've mentioned many times before, Shanahan run offense is geared towards one receiver, one. And that is Julio Jones, plain and simple. We knew he would have the best year of anybody. It was just a no-brainer, no doubt. But what's going on with the Roddy and Leonard situation is that when Roddy is on the field, he demands respect. And defenses are respecting it. And they're saying, okay, well, I mean, yeah, we could try and roll the coverage a little bit towards Julio, but we've got to go cover Roddy. And when Roddy's covered, 
He's not making it. There's a, Ryan isn't throwing to him. He'd rather throw to Julio. When Leonard Hankerson's on the field, they don't see Roddy out there. They try and double it up and go over towards Julio and pay as much attention as they can to him. And Hankerson is left one-on-one -on -one with easy matchups against third corners. All and he's going to get open. Right. But that's not going to happen all year long. I'll tell you that right now because he's going to start to get noticed by defenses. People are going to start to pay attention to him a little bit more. And it's going to be more of a timeshare where Roddy's going to start getting more passes and Leonard's going to get past. It's going to be a mix and match. Don't think that Leonard is all of a sudden just going to wipe out Roddy White off of the face of the fantasy football man. I, I'm telling you that it's one of those things that sometimes Roddy was a speed guy when he came in. You fall. You just your skills deteriorate, and it's over. He's on the downside of of, of, of where no. those skills are. And it, since we talked to him on our, our that uh, that Directv thing a couple years ago. He's been injured and he's just been hobbled and then slowed down. True. So the other thing is, is that they didn't have any benefit of a running game after, in the first two weeks of the season. All of a sudden, that blew up with Devonta Freeman, who went hog effing wild ballistic. Let's so, let this fella talk about. So, him. so you can talk about it in a second. But what I'm saying is, if that running game can continue to be somewhat consistent, not that good because it's not going to be that good. But if it can be anywhere close to consistent. That will help everything up for Hankerson and whoever the second wide receiver is, whoever in the in the passing. Agreed. Game. But the last thing I want to say on that, and then we'll let you go off on your on your running backs. We did see Roddy White that first week, and he looked awesome. He looked really good out there in that first week. It just so happened, all out of nowhere, he completely disappeared in the second week, and that had, it had nothing to do with I bet you play. we don't know about it. I bet you he tweaks something. That's what, that's, uh, what, you know, that's what it, it's possible. But he's still out there running routes. It's not like they're sitting him. If he was if he was hurt. Believe me, he'd sit, you know, because he has his last couple of years. Let's quickly talk about the um, the running back situation for the Falcons. Obviously, huge game. Uh, anybody that had him in a FanDuel or DraftKings was smiling uh, big time. Stag party, you're the you're the guy that's had believing, uh, been believing in Devontae. We've been kind of crapping on him. Didn't believe he had it. So go on, give us a little love uh, about him. You think he can happen moving forward and in this game? And then let's move, to the, let's move on quickly to the Texans and hit off this game. Well, there's a couple things you like. Uh, today, the Falcons went out, gave them a tip of the cap, and elevated them on the depth chart to number one. Uh, so that makes you believe that he's going to get at least more carries than he got in the first two weeks once Tevin Coleman comes back. But even then, Tevin Coleman's not going to be back for another week or two. Uh, you have to think at least they're fine sitting him out. There's no other running back on the roster to threaten him without Tevin Coleman. So he's going to get the lion's share. The thing is, they ran totally different run concepts this week to get Devonta Freeman the ball. They did not try and pound him between the tackles. They ran a lot of outside zone. They ran a, a lot of toss sweeps. They tried to get his shiftiness on the outside, and that made him a much more effective runner. And then, so he didn't have that 1.8 yard per carry average that he had through the first two so games. Let me season. ask this though. How is he going to do that against Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt, who do such a good job of sealing the outside? I don't think he's going to rush for 141 yards this week. <laughs> I never said he was going to do that. I just think he could get 100 yards from scrimmage because he's such a good receiver out of the backfield. And the fact that he's not coming out off the field at all, for you know, except for maybe a handful of plays when he you know, needs some air. 
and uh, the reasons we just talked about. They gotta have someone else delivering some sort of offensive punch besides Julio Jones. It can't just be the Julio Jones. This isn't Tecmo Bowl. And they as lost, much as and I want to be Tammy. Is, is, is Tammy is Tammy out now and it's, it's Levine Toyolo again? Who cares? Does well, no, but that's Tammy is a guy that at least can block and do those other things that you need in order to be successful. Well, Levine Toyolo is a lot better blocker. Is he a better blocker? Okay, Jacob Tammy. Let's go on to the Texans. Tammy's hurt. Let's go to the Texans. Uh, Aaron Foster's not coming back, right? Maybe. 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 Uh, That'd be sweet. I haven't heard anything definitive on, on either side yet. He was. I don't know he's he's getting closer. I, I just I don't know if he's going to be back this week yet. I'd want to check later. I think that I think that they're going to wait one more week. I think so. Especially too. the way that Blue played last week, and this is a tasty matchup for Blue against the Falcons. The Falcons have not been good. Look what look what Joseph Randall. Was able to do early on in in the game against them. The one thing that that I think doesn't help him though, because look also what Lance Dunbar was doing in the in the dump off game uh, last week. Blues is not the guy that's going to give you the the receptions <coughs> out of the backfield here. So I think that's where you know potentially he gets hurt. And plus, it's really more about him getting the repetitive repetitive carries. We'll see. Maybe they maybe they're willing to do that because they're on the road and they want to take out the the crowd out of the game. So I think it could be a sneaky start for Blue. Here's the thing about the Texans and Arian Foster. They are, what, tied for first place with the Colts? They play the Colts on Thursday night uh, after this week, so it would be a quick turnaround you know, if they decided to play Arian Foster this week. So it's kind of one of those things where it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, you can get them against a 3-0 and team on the road, or you could save him for a divisional opponent at home on a Thursday night. That's a milk raider. You save him for a divisional opponent because the win against that divisional opponent is a loss for them, and you got to have that. That's a big Where's game. Where's the game? In Houston or Indy? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Houston. If it's in Houston, I, I'd say that's fine. If it's in Indy, I, I'm not so sure. Yeah, here's, the problem. here's the problem. This week, um, last week, Houston went up early, uh, or at least they, they went up. Which I guess maybe is not the you know an occurrence that happens all the time. That's why Blue had a good game. Don't think that Alfred Blue is a good player. People, don't think no, that that guy I'm is all of a sudden good player. Hold on, hold on. The Falcons will destroy the Texans. Destroy them. They will go up by two, three touchdowns in the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, and the Texans will be playing from behind the whole time. Blue will not get the ball. Blue will get like he did those first couple weeks, six, seven, eight carries. Uh, Polk will maybe get a couple thrown in there, and Grimes will get uh, his passing down plays and a lot of that sort of stuff. And Grimes may end up with the most fancy points in this game. I am not playing this this game for Blue uh, simply because of that factor. The only reason why Blue ever has his good games, if you look back in history, is when they go up, and it's always at home. And it's not going to happen against the Falcons in Atlanta with Atlanta's offense rolling the way they are and the Houston defense not all that great, uh, especially in the secondary. Okay. All I'm saying is you're giving a lot of credit to the Atlanta Falcon defense. Yeah. They yeah, still they, have to do, they still got to deal with DeAndre okay. Hopkins and everything else. So the, the running up, I could see them scoring on their first three possessions, but I could also see the Texans scoring on two out of their first three possessions. This Falcons defense is, who's the difference maker on this team? Corey Bierman? 
Just nobody. No, no, you're, no yeah. you're absolutely right. But they also bottled up Demarco Murray for what one one yard was it? Two yeah, yards. The, the Eagles, as you said, were, were in preseason mode, and not doing true, anything. True. Like I'm just so, saying. I'm just saying. Let's talk about someone that actually <laughs> is really awesome and cleared protocols at the perfect time last week, and then went on and as dope as like as he is every week. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Well, the thing is. Along the lines of what we sort of been talking about, it's it's a six and a half point line for you know the Falcons, so they everybody thinks they're going to be ahead. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get that sort of game flow where they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, he probably will be covered by that best corner in Desmond Trufant. Uh, I hope they move him around a little bit. They seem to be moving. They've been playing a lot of tight formations. They'll bunch it out in their own bunch formations. And they'll try to get him the ball a lot. He's been heavily targeted, and he's had you know two nice games and a, a third fairly mediocre one. Uh, so he's been one of the stud wide receivers so far this season. I don't see a reason for it to stop. I, you know what? I, I agree. I mean, he'll, he'll get all the targets, but the, the thing is that they actually have a couple other receivers that could do things. I, I don't want. They're not the greatest on earth, but Cecil Shorts and Nate Washington as your two and three. I, I'd like that. You know, if I was the Bears, I'd like them as the one-two right now. You know, with <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey being out. So I, that's they have some good combos there. If Hopkins happens to get bottled up a, a little bit, and Cecil Shorts they, is the guy that Mallet likes better. And Nate Houston, Washington is the guy that went off when it was Brian Hoyer in Week One and went for a hundred yards. Would you uh, believe that Houston has the most pass attempts in the entire league right now? Wow, it's crazy. But let me, crazy? let me let me use this. No, they normally have the least. Of everybody by far. So Crazy. Nate Washington, though, in week one, when Brian Hoyer was there, he he had over 100 yards. Cecil Short seems to get more things with my, my ML. But in week one, let's put it this way. Brian Hoyer did that, throwing to Nate Washington, who is the first of now four receivers that have gone for over 100 yards in three weeks against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, sir. Who are now going <laughs> up against A.J. Green and the Cincinnati Bengals in... Cincinnati, when AJ Green is just coming off of obliterating another horrible secondary in the Ravens for a career high, what was it 221 or 227 yards? Whatever, 220 some, whatever. Holy cow! Yeah, okay, so we go from my number one receiver of the week, Julio to Jones, number two? to my number two. There you go, is AJ Green this week. Uh, what he did last week was just disgusting. And what anybody could do against KC is just disgusting. So that's what's going to happen this week. They're going to pass the ball. Uh, the, the Chiefs rush D. I know it's probably mostly because the pass D is so good, but they actually look pretty good on the rush D. Have let up the fewest fancy points to running backs this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to say that that's going to deter Cincinnati from running the ball because I know they want to establish that run. That's what works best for them. Establishing that run first and then getting the passing and going. But Marvin Jones came alive last week, uh, and, and obviously A.J. Green's a stud beyond studs. And so it's good to watch all this. And uh, Eifert, wow. Well, and Eifert is... got screwed last week. That was a goddamn touchdown. He did. Yeah. That was, was a goddamn touchdown. touchdown. I know he didn't have any other catches otherwise, but that was a touchdown. touchdown. And that makes a difference in fantasy. Football move. But hey. that's not going to happen this week. The Chiefs are really good and always have been really good. They Last year, they happened to give up a, a few too many touchdowns to the tight ends, but it was the fewest amount of receptions to them, as usual. And they're doing it again this year. They just don't give up receptions to the tight end. So I wouldn't expect the world out of Eifert this week. 
However, like you, you were saying, two wide receivers, and this, no problem. Marvin Jones, again, you know, so he goes from being a guy that was, was it two catches and 48 yards two weeks ago with a 45-yard touchdown. Now it's five catches for 94 yards. I think it was another uh, with a 35 or 40-yard touchdown that he had in this one. Yeah, longer, so even. he's given you that, that big play potential. You start to see now Mohamed Sanu has just become, forget about you in the offense, we don't even care anymore. So you have Jeremy Hill, who just is not able to get off and get anything going in the running game at all. So Giovanni Bernard is doing a ton of damage as a receiver. And all of a sudden, Hugh Jackson is, is, is turning into an offense. This is not what, what he drew up. But against these defenses, and this is, again, I want to harken back to what I said it. I said it. Got it. Going to what Dog said uh, earlier. It's about matchups. And matchups dictate what you're going to do. So this is, again, this is one of those games that when you're looking in like a fan duel type thing and you say, okay, well, Andy Dalton is not that great of a quarterback. Well, you know what? That's why you were to look last week and you're going to say, okay, going against the Ravens, yeah, he can have a potential to do that. Well, he has another potential to do that here against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs do get Sean Smith coming back into their secondary, but they lost gains in the, in the game last night. Yeah. So they're completely depleted. They're playing three safeties out there when they're in their nickel. Yeah. They're in trouble. They're in serious trouble. And, and the guys that they have, their best, as we were mentioning earlier in the podcast, their best corner is, is Marcus Peters, a rookie. Yeah, getting Smith back done is going to It's going to help. Gonna help. Oh, sure. I know. It's, it's going to help a little bit, but not enough. Not enough. Is not Jeremy enough. Hill, obviously a guy that was going in the second round in drafts under a month ago. People are really worried about him, and Gio's made some great points and plays with, uh, with the opportunity that he's been giving. What are your thoughts, guys, quickly on, on Jeremy Hill moving forward? Is everything is everything going to be okay there? I, okay, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's going to be 100% rosy, but I'm going to tell you it's going to get better because this is where a guy like Hill should start to earn his meat. Now the fact that he's not been doing well and he's getting less carries, well, at least it's less damage on his body because as we get to weeks 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, this is where the toll of the season starts taking a, a grasp on guys, and that's where a guy like him should be able to start asserting himself. What's crazy is that when he had the two fumbles, the one thing that Marvin Lewis said, this is a guy that, you know, he doesn't lose his confidence. and He's lost his confidence. Yeah. So he needs a big play in order to get it. And unfortunately, I just don't see that this is being the week where all of a sudden he's going to snap out of it against this chief defense when it's going to be open up in the passing game, and that means more Gio Bernard. Who does he have coming up? And that's a problem. If he doesn't do it this week, he's got the Seahawks next week. Then the Bills, and then at the Steelers, sure. who are a lot better at, at the rush D than they are the pass D. Uh, then versus the Browns, which isn't shabby. Uh, then versus the Texans, it, and then the Cardinals, and then Arizona, and then the Rams. It's a tough it's a schedule. It's a tough schedule. <laughs> okay, I mean, do I think he'll get better? Yes, he'll get better, but... Wow. That's you know what? Was... When you start looking at it that way, here's the thing, that, then, then this is the thing to tell everyone that's out there thinking about, what do I do with Jeremy Hill? You try to tra- you try to trade him for someone that still thinks that he's got that value. Agreed. So, um, and if you don't, you know, that's maybe it's one of those things that you you package him with another player in order to get you know oh, maybe you package him in a two for one trade oh. to get a better, <laughs> to get a stud upgrade. Maybe you take like one of your one of your second maybe your second guy off the bench along with him in order to try to upgrade at the running back position. This is not going to get better for him. 
You got anything to say on the Bengals, or can we move over to the other side? I'm of the looking ball? to trade him in three leagues now. I'm putting on the blocks out as soon as I get home tonight. I, I, I was literally, I was thinking about like, wow, he's one of the guys I'm like aiming for. I'm like, I'm gonna go try and trade for him. I just looked at the schedule. Yeah, no, he just read off. it to me. I'm, I'm done. Out of my head, I will not go after Hill. Anything else for the Bengals snag part, or you want to move on to the case? Gio team? Bernard. I mean, we, if we talk about Jeremy Hill being down on him, we have to talk about how that increases Gio Bernard. It looks like this team might have to go with a Red Rocket spread offense, and Gio's going to be a major, major part. Red Rocket? Oh, yeah. Days Red Rocket. Right <laughs> I like Red Rocket much more because he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dog's dick. <laughs> Ginger asshole. <laughs> the, te- the team came out and said, hey, when we're behind, Jill's our guy. And it might not be that they're behind all the time, but it might be sort of that Patriots thing where they're playing stout run defenses. Why run that sort of offense that runs into them for two yards and doesn't do anything else? Or how about is it like this? It becomes that Jeremy Hill is starting to look like Ron Dane and Giovanni Bernard goes back to looking like Tiki Barber like he did in his first year. Uh, Jeremy Hill's a lot better than Ron Dane. I know he is, but <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying the way that the things are going. But the way that, things are going, yes. That he's that guy that's getting all those early carries, taking all the all the bumps and bruises, not getting a ton of yards, and then all of a sudden here comes Gio as he's lightened, you know, weakening down a little the, bit. The thing is, Hill's still got Hill's got some juice to him. He's still, I know he does. You know, he's not just a big bruiser. He I still like this speed. guy. I'm, yeah, I'm still, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm long term. I still like him. Sell him if you can uh, for you know for as much as you can get, but if you can't. Got to ride him. Yeah, just got to ride him up. I think Houdini said it best. He's got a bad deal going with his confidence right now. The matchups that you just mentioned in that schedule aren't going to help that. Uh, looking a little nerd. You got uh, Andy Dalton, Red Rifle. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Rifle. Uh, <laughs> is on fire, and we thought he was going to be falling on his face in this week's matchup, or at least coming down to earth. He's just uh, in a good place. They got the weapons. I think you just got to kind of worry, stick with that passing attack, which is obviously a, a Neo Geo type of situation. How, how about the fact that uh, Jeremy Macklin and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs actually connected on a touchdown pass to a wide receiver? First time in it was 18 since, games, 19 yeah, games? Since, uh, December was, of 2013. I was say 18 years, but 18 yeah. games is probably more right. December 2013. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's, it's just unbelievable. And you know what? It was actually a really good play. Did you see? I mean, yeah, I assume I mean, you watched it. This whole thing looked great. I literally great route running. Uh, Smith looked off to the left. It took him right down to the middle there. That was beautiful. I said to myself, I watched it. I'm like, God, Macklin is just wishing he didn't take the money. Oh yeah, and right? stayed and signed with another team for less. Well, who's literally been right when that happened? We talk about that all the time. Do you take? Do you know go for money or do you? Oh, go you. For, said, well, I'll tell you right you now. If you're money. a fantasy owner, you sell him high Correct. now, immediately. Get rid of him off your team. This that's the best it's going to get. The Packers beating the shit out of you. And you having to turn to the pass, and the Packers say, "Screw it, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. We don't really care if, if we really need another touchdown. Rodgers will get you." And how many did Jamal Charles score in that game? Trace. So, does that tell you anything? They're behind Jamal Charles. Charles is still scoring the touchdowns. It's just not going to happen for for Matt. I love Macklin to death. Believe me, he's an awesome receiver. Just the worst place you could possibly go. And no Kelsey, worse. I'll tell you what. And Kelsey is is still fine. Yeah, that guy, they're using him in every which way uh, to, to get him the ball and move him around the field, and, and they need his energy. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey should have had a touchdown, except he dropped, the, what, that little uh, tight end screen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, uh, man, maybe it would have been a good, it would have been a great play to get a touchdown. Well, it's not bonehead yeah. for him, but it's bonehead for Hankerson. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not pointing at you. Perspective, you motherfucker. <laughs> Kelsey, is there? I mean, maybe Gronk, sure, but I still, I actually like watching Kelsey more. He's got some speed to him, like some serious speed. He beats corners around the edges. Uh, he's he's, he is a bad, bad man. He is fun to watch. Can we talk about the play the Packers always run that they ran for Kelsey? Just that little speed out oh uh, my God. with the wide receivers just blocking and letting him go? Oh, the, like, the, the, the random cop play? That yeah, ran the three ran- times, <laughs> got three touchdowns? That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you could do that every single time. Kelsey could do that every single time. Every team could do that every single time, and I don't know why they don't. Well, both more teams are doing it now. That that was what they, I think they were pointing that out in that Monday night game. It was, yeah. which is true. It's like you don't see the vertical passing game like you used to. You don't see the two, the, you know, the, the 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 post and the flag going on at the same time. You just don't see these things anymore. Now it's just all underneath and, and setting up blocking patterns. Let them run. I like it. I like it. yeah. Using the passing attack is the run game. Yep. Um, also leads to a lot more injuries, which. Leads to a lot more players being fantasy relevant. There you go. To a busy Monday and Sunday for Houdini Pay on cuts. the waiver wires. <laughs> yeah, that's quick pyro promo. Houdini uh, this week beat his previous record. Got the pickups piece before the Monday night or Sunday night game even started. Amen. You guys are trying to get a good jump on your pickups. We have it out at Pyromaniac earlier than anyone and everyone. So, and players from Sunday night game and Monday night games are added. Yes. It's necessary. And sprinkled in. Absolutely. Well, let's not even talk about that game anymore. And let's move on to the Browns uh, going down to San Diego to play the Chargers. Stag party. Hit me. I think it's the coming out party for Melvin Gordon. There we go. Uh, let's see. It just shapes up, you know, pretty perfectly. Cleveland's averaging like five and a half yards a carry to running backs this season, um, given up, and then there are seven and a half home favorites. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Start Melvin Gordon. He's gonna be pretty good this week. Joe Hayden's a little banged up. Uh, that that. Uh, that'll leave a lot of receivers open, obviously, because that's uh, there's. Not, not a whole lot else there. So Keenan Allen, as we saw again last week, the kid's just uh, he's a stud. He's a, an awesome player who's just going to get better and better. I'm glad he's doing it this year. So th- I think San Diego's going to do whatever the hell they want in this one. And uh, Gordon's going to lead the charge, and I think he should lead the charge, get that guy some confidence for the rest of the year going on. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that, 100%. I think Rivers will have a fine game, and I think Allen will have a fine game. Stevie will probably have a fine game. They're probably going to be without Ladarius. I think there's no reason to bring back Ladarius Green for this game whatsoever. John Phillips did fine in his stead. I don't know if you guys saw. He made an awesome catch out there. Uh, were you guys watching that game at all? Probably not. But oh, you know what? And I forgot to mention for in the waiver wire piece. I should have mentioned it. I didn't even check it. Antonio Gates is coming. It's coming back next week. I, you know, so anyone listening right now, check and see if he's available in, in your uh, in your league. If you want to take a chance on a tight end. There's not a quarterback and tight end that have hooked up on more touchdowns in their uh, careers than Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. Yes, sir. There's not many quarterback wide receivers that have as many touchdowns that those two. Connected yeah. on as many. Now, on the flip side of this one, uh, I, I think that Crowell, listen, wow, this offense is just so anemic. I, I, I really have no idea how to how to look at it anywhere because Crowell should have had a great game last week and just. <laughs> He shit. He, 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 he shit my bed, ah. which is a bummer. He came over and shat my bed, and 
and, and didn't even give you a courtesy spray. Well, no. Well, I mean, it, it is. Oh, I thought I had a few Valberries with Mitchie. With me. So it was all fine and dandy. But listen, this is another game where he should do well because San Diego gives it up to the you know to the running back position. Over 160 yards uh, total uh, rushing yards to each of the last two opponents. Yeah. So I mean, he should have a good game in this one. But the fact is, is that I think they'll be down real quick and they'll be down, you know, big, you know, by halftime. Who's gonna Who's gonna get the benefit of it? I think Duke Jan- Johnson actually may get some good look in this one. I think they'll run Crowell as much as they can for a little bit, but as soon as they go down, which I think they will, and maybe go down big, wouldn't shock me if they started to get Duke Johnson involved and be well, like, you know what, let's let's see what this guy got. But here's the thing, and this is the thing where Crowell was horrible running the ball last last week. Duke Johnson was worse running the ball last week. He hasn't been all season. Right. Four carries, I think, three yards. But to your point, when they're down, he had six catches for 32 yards. There you go. That's where he's going to add his benefit. Um, They're not going to use Crowell in situations where they're going to throw the ball to him. It's almost kind of deliberate, so it's kind of like when you know Duke Johnson's in there. They they expect the pass, and then when he runs, they still stop him for one yard. (laughs) 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 But look at the difference of what the offense is when you have a Josh McCown under center to when you had Johnny Manziel under center. Johnny Manziel, it was the easiest write-up for me when I had to do all the wide receivers for for, uh, uh, Cleveland. Basically, don't start any of them. The only guy i got to write up is Travis Benjamin. And all i got to tell you is, if you start him, he's going to get about five to six targets. He might catch two of them, but one of them might go for a 50-yard touchdown. Period. Now, you got Josh McCown comes in, and he throws 49 passes. Um, wasn't amazing, you know, but he, he, he was Josh McCown. And, and, and the thing that Josh McCown started to do, though, was different with Travis Benjamin. They, they were trying the downfield stuff. It wasn't working, but targeted him a lot. Sure. So if you're a Travis Benjamin guy, now the thing is, I just worry, he's so good, and now he's got, what, four receiving touchdowns? Five. Through, is it, oh, no, no, no four, he's got five three, TDs on the year. One five TDs, one was a punt yeah. return. Yeah, four receiving touchdowns through three weeks. One, two, one. That's pretty crazy. And But the thing is now, with Josh McCown throwing him and, and throwing these underneath, he's taking hits. Mm-hmm. And he got a little nicked up in that game. Yeah. And I saw him take it, it's like... And I'm going, ah, you know, you know, you want to use guys the right way, and you you get a new toy, and you start overusing it. It's like he's sitting there playing with that toy, and all of a sudden he's that kid. He just broke his damn. All right, toy. so uh, <laughs> we got to mention Gary Barnage. Got to uh, you got to mention Barnage in this one. Obviously, it, it was outstanding what he did. I like I said, I've, I've always liked him. Do I think he's going to have a good week this week? No. Okay. Uh, don't just jump on the the wagon. And, it's you know, not and the start hitting the horse. You know that's not going to happen. But the person that you can start to slap the horse's ass on is a Brian Hartline. He's going to be a PPR guy. He's not going to be a touchdown guy. He's not going to be a big yardage guy. But he's going to start to be a PPR guy because uh, he's fucking uh, McNown. And McCown, well, good, 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 good reason. Uh, that's healthy scratch for Bo. They're saying now he might. They might just outright cut him. I think they will. Obviously, there's they, just they gave him nine million guaranteed, and uh, he's done. Yeah. It, it, uh, well, I think the NFL should probably just scratch the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next game. Let's, let's go to the Packers. Are going to be at Levi Stadium. There in Santa Clara. What's going to happen on this one? Let me just say one thing. I'll I'll say, I need to get, know what I need to get, I got to do one thing quick, go quickly. Ahead. That is a bitch slap for a Colin Kaepernick in my big money league within the first 
friggin' two series. The guy had 20 friggin' points against me, his defense. Cardinals defense ended with 32 points against me. I think Rick James wants to help you out. Thank you. What did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> what? Slap! <laughs> I mean, some of those back, those two throws by Kaepernick, oh, he's so dumb. Rick James has something else to say about what's going to happen with how, how good this is going to be a game to watch between the Packers and the 49ers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God! Stag party, help us out here. What's gonna happen with the? Uh, start with the Niners, or talk about whoever you want. Packers. I'm just well, sad. I think the Packers are gonna get up early, and it's not gonna look good for Carlos Hyde. Uh, you know, he's been very game flow dependent, and his good game came when they were winning, and his bad games have came when they are down. Uh, so. I think the Packers will be able to smoke them. So, I gotta say I like Carlos Hyde not very much this week. Uh, Anquan Bolden's old, and Colin Kaepernick can't throw. And Torrey Smith is Torrey Smith, who's hit or miss. So, maybe this is a Torrey Smith game as they have to throw it 50 times in order to keep up with the Packers. But, remember, this is usually a game where Colin Kaepernick runs the shit out of the ball against Green Bay. He, what do you have, 151? Was 181 or something? 181? That, playoffs, that, that one game? That yeah. was awesome. So, what people I, were talking about after was 1,081. <laughs> yeah. It basically made his career. Yeah, I mean. Oh, his career so, has been unmade real real quickly. That guy, yeah. terrible. Oh, he's, I, I don't know. What Could be remade to, uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, Val Verde. Val Verde. That's right, Rich. That's right, Rich. <laughs> ah, Dogman. Darkness. <laughs> I think he said Dogman. No. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the other. Well done, Stags. You did a good job burning us through the 49ers. I don't want to talk about them. I you don't want to talk you. about Thank them. you for that. Well, Verde. Well, Verde. Darkness, everybody. Dark. Everyone, darkness is spreading. Alright, Packers. <laughs> Kaepernick did rush for a touchdown last week, though. You mentioned Hyde? Uh, yeah, very game flow dependent. You know, it's not looking great as the Packers will probably be up early. What do you think? You agreeing? I I think that they're going to have to ride Hyde for the first half, but after that, yeah, it's, it's not going to look all that good. And Bolden will get his. The thing is, the Packers will lay off like they did as soon as they go up. They'll lay off the way that they did uh, last week against. They're KC. not the New England Patriots. No, no, no. no I love that we already had burned through the Niners. Let's go over to the Packers. Okay. <laughs> right. so I don't even know what there is to say. About There's nothing. So let's about, go to the Packers. Okay, let's, what about, let's talk about the fact that now James Jones is becoming more than just uh, whatever. He is trusted for by by Aaron Rodgers. He looks for him in the red zone. He goes, him and Cobb both go for over 100 yards this week, last week against Kansas City. Cobb only had 93. Who's at 93? Oh, good. Yeah. I know all because in my league, uh, we, we include all the, the rushing, rushing yards. yards. He had the 12 rushing yards, so it was 105 uh, total. Damn. But he had three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Well, well, he, okay. So here's the, here's the big thing you want to that people want to know. I think that they sit Devontae Adams this week. I think they have to. With the ankle, you're not going to risk Plain that right now. I mean, they tried to run him out there, and he was gone after two plays. So it's going to be James Jones. Uh, he's going to be starting alongside Cobb. They'll mix in uh, Montgomery quite a bit. They'll all do great. Get them all in there. 
Uh, I, I think that uh, who's the backup tight end? The Corliss. Cor- the, uh, the, he's got hurt. He's out for like yeah, four to six out, right. weeks. So it's going to be just Rodgers. Rodgers will get a few passes here and there, as you can tell. Uh, Aaron likes to uh, throw it to anybody. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> By the way, did you see the one play where they showed, uh, they're trying to make a, a, a statement about Aaron Rodgers being able to throw the ball, and they're showing a, a, a shot of Richard Rodgers trying to grab a ball with one hand. And they're like, look at him almost make that ball. Yes. That, that, that was the biggest stone hand I've ever Stunned. seen was, in my that, entire that, that bounced life. bounced straight up. It literally it bounced <laughs> off his palm as if, the, yeah, you're right, like it was concrete. Like, <laughs> Bam! Straight off of it. As hard as it could. You're trying to show that as a highlight of a potential <laughs> one-handed catch. Come on. No, but get, get them all in there, obviously. And James Jones has finally been... I mean, he was the best pick in my draft. I'll tell you that right now. I, I'm extremely happy with where I got him. And I know I stole him off of uh, our old Rain Man, uh, Wax. Yeah. Wax has been emailing me back and forth about, about that. He's not too happy about me stealing him. But LMP. he's like, I didn't think anybody had him on their radar. I'm like, the second the Packers re-signed him, he was immediately, not just on my radar, but he was up there in like the wide receiver 2-3 range. I also had him in my dynasty league. And Stoss tried to tell me. like, He's like, no, nah, dude, he'll just be the fifth receiver there. Fifth. Not <laughs> you know, but Ty Montgomery, he's going to become more Ty and more of the Ty's real deal. So, you know, look look at this guy. He's going Eddie Lace will have a very fine game as well. Let's move on. I move agree. On. Next game. All right, we're going to be at the Rams. We're going to be at the Cardinals. <sighs> oh. The Cardinals really drive me crazy. Okay, so I know you guys, you know, you guys know how I feel about the whole girly situation. Go ahead and uh, get, uh, get girly on me. Well, no, I mean it was it was like it was his cha- it was his chance last week to, to to be in the game, um, you know. But it was one of those things that you you never know. So it's like people were asking, "Do I start this guy? Or do I start it below Paul?" You still take a chance on Gurley because of what the potential upside is. Well, now, if they knew that, if you knew that, uh. Ivory wasn't actually playing, you might have changed your mind. True, but <laughs> at the same time, it's not like Bilal Paul blew up the world either. So, you know, conservative game. I'm just saying, I look at him and I go, I like what Gurley can do. But at the same time, it's going to take time. And this is not the time that I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to sprout up against no. Arizona. No, so I, I'm not an idiot. It, it'll take a while. I, I, and last week, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I, th- I think I gave the exact. I said it's going to be between... Five and eight touches, and I think he got seven. There was, was no brainer. Between, no, up to eleven this week. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, sure, maybe, yeah. And I mean, honestly, this week I have him. Uh, last week I had Trey Mason above him. This week I have Gurley above Trey Mason because I think they will work him in a little bit more. I think they've seen. All right, Trey Mason ain't all that either. Might as well work in Gurley a little bit more. See what he can do. Thing is, the Cardinals. They're stout, you know. They have a good defense. You're not going to be able to run much against them. Gurley may have to catch a couple passes to do a little damage. I don't see much out of the running backs this week for for the Rams. Either way, the thing is, I think they get quick back in the game. I think it's gotten to the point where they just have to listen. It's it's enough. Let's start playing Gurley more, which they will uh, more than Mason, and let's get quick back in this game. I, I don't I don't know what their freaking excuses are about Brian Quick not getting back in this game. Yeah. He, had a lot of time off because of the shoulder injury and everything, and he maybe wasn't up to speed. But this offense is so – it's like if you can't learn this – up, I could go in there right now and look at that playbook and be like, hey, I, I could play? Sure. This yeah. is not a tough playbook to learn. Uh, throw me out there. I don't know what the problem is with them not putting Quick in there. He's their best receiver. 
I think they put him. They finally put him in there, and they're going to have to do something. So Quick gets in there. Who's Patrick Peterson going to guard if Quick's in there? Is he going to be on Quick, or is he going to be on Britt? Who cares? You're right. not going to start either, either one. one. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Moving on. Moving on to the, the other <laughs> side. Is, is, is this, gonna, hold on. Is this a Jared Cook, Cook Benny Cunning? Benny Cunningham type of game it again? Is. <laughs> it is. If you're starting anybody on this team, it's probably Jared Cook. Uh, and I, I mean, it's a I, deep streaming option again. <laughs> yeah, you're not starting Benny Cunningham either way uh, because you have the two punch combination with uh, Mason and yeah, I mean Cunningham. Okay, whatever. Other side of the ball. Let me let me mention something that you guys were talking about before we hit record today, and that's the fact that everyone's talking trades on second opinions. Uh, we'll do a little pyro promo in a minute about uh, that and where those come from. But second opinions, people are try- still trying to get John Brown. Uh, hasn't done, lived up to anybody's expectations. I think he's really only had that one touchdown. Uh, hey, should I go for John Brown? Should I go? The answer is no. Larry Fitzgerald's been drinking the, the water from the fountain of youth and is is. He's been hanging five, out with Ponce de Leon. Yeah, five, exactly. Five <laughs> touchdowns nah, over was, the last over the I last. I was two ready games. for it. The second Palmer got healthy. I've been saying it. We've been saying it. I guess I should say uh, all off season. He works well with Palmer. Plain and simple. Pa- Palmer loves him, and it, it, uh, those two, the, the old timers, they just work well together. And it was bound to happen. But I will say, go ahead, go after Brown because. The chances that those two continue at this level for the entire season is remote. I'll tell you that right now. It's, I just don't see it being a 16-game thing for both of them, either whether it's injury or just a natural, their bodies just get a little tired after a little while or something. John Brown is somebody I wouldn't mind getting at this well, point. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me clarify, though, on what the, the trades, some of these trades were. Like, okay, trade yeah. away Brandon Cooks for John Brown. No. Okay. See, this is what I'm saying. So it's like when you're looking at that situation, you know, I understand that Brandon Cooks is under underwhelmed through this far into the season, but the fact remains he's the number one on the team, and you got a guy in John Brown who's really the number three on a team behind Michael Floyd and and, and Larry Fitzgerald. And yeah, Floyd. Well, yeah, call them interchangeable, whatever you want. Yeah, it's yeah, still whatever. more of a feeding frenzy with different guys. That agreed, are there. Agreed. So, and when you're looking at potential for down the road. How many games are you going to get of 12 receptions for John Brown versus how many games are you going to get of 12 receptions for Brandon Cooks? Uh, that, that's a great point. That, that's that's it. That's all you got. I, I like it. Okay, CJ2K looked pretty nice this week. He didn't uh, fall down that one around the corner where he got tripped up. He could have gone for a, uh, his yeah. first long touchdown in like how many years? Seven. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's he needed it. a little more on John Brown. He has been the explosive vertical. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten a lot of pass interferences that have gotten yeah. Larry Fitzgerald down to the one True. where they throw it to Larry Fitzgerald. He could have multiple touchdowns. He dropped a touchdown last week. Yeah, bounced right off of his hands. And off his chest, actually. So there's that. But the thing is, they also want to get Michael Floyd back involved. They know that Michael Floyd is potentially the bigger play threat because he's longer and you know fast. So that height and jumping ability that Michael Floyd possesses provides them a totally different thing they don't get from the small stature John Brown. But all three of these guys are going to be used. So Larry Fitzgerald's going to come down to earth, but yeah, he's probably going to be a top 20 option for the rest of the season. 
And that puts the rest of these guys in the 30 to 40 range as complementary pieces, and it's going to be one or the other. And then we got to remember, Andre Ellington's coming back as a receiving back, and he gets a lot of uh, catches out of the backfield. David Johnson developing as a receiving back and his ability to do things out of the backfield. There's just a lot of mouse to feed that it's going to be harder to predict John Brown on a weekly basis. I'm not going to throw this into the barrel to sw- you know swirl around with everything, but Jermaine Gresham is on this team too, and he's starting to get a couple targets, and he's an over-the-middle type of guy who can actually get a couple passes, which takes a couple away from either John Brown or the running backs or whatnot. So uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and it looks like Larry's the one who's, uh, you know... Th- th- Eating from the the main bone, and everybody else is getting the scraps. I'm gonna tell you what, and the Cardinals look good. Yeah. They do. They look really good, and I'm gonna tell you what, they are. Again, as long as Palmer stays healthy, they are the clear leader to win that division. Oh, a healthy Carson Palmer is undefeated the last two years. It's crazy. And they got the That's talent. Insane. They've got the system. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, they got the defense. Uh, you said <laughs> you think Ellington's back playing this week? I think so. Um, I, I, he was. I think he was really close to being ready last week, but there was no point. And uh, to, to be honest, you, you're going to have to check throughout the, the week on, on Thursday and Friday just to make sure. But it looks like he's healthy enough to do it. Whether they do or not, I, I don't know. It's an interdivision game, so it's going to be tougher than you think. Uh, they all are the interdivision games, but I, I don't know. It's, it it mixes you, things up quite a bit if he does come back. Don't you think that if he comes back, that it's again, it's one of these things now that when you have things that are working well, it's not like you're rushing a guy back because you need him because you're not doing something on offense. They're doing all these things on offense. So to me, it's like if he's able to come back, as an Ellington owner in one of my leagues, I'm not starting him that week. I, you know, there are certain guys in situations. In this situation, when things are, are good on the team and, and everything's going well, I just don't like all the amount of, uh, you know, the the fact that it's it's disrupting continuity. When that happens, bad things happen. Well, it's, it's the the Rams. Uh, while they've given up a bunch of yardage so far this not year to running backs. Uh, not not a lot of touchdowns, and they haven't given up a receiving touchdown to a running back in two years now. Two years. So that's something that wow. uh, you got to take into account when it comes to. It was a stat of the show. Year. Two years. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty solid. All hey, right. I already have the stat of the show. I don't know what it was, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't remember, then it wasn't that good. Red Rocket. <laughs> ah, it's the last game in the it league. It was because it was Red Rocket spread offense. Like you didn't even get the entire whip Neo. You're in the. You're too late. Now, darkness, the tables are turned. Do with him whatever you like. <laughs> Is oh. next week going to be uh, uh, Chappelle doing Prince? I tried to find those. But the problem is, you cannot understand. Like, I, I looked at David Chappelle doing uh, Prince and doing Little John, right? Yeah. Little John, you got a couple of the... Wah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But other than that, it's like Little John is like a documentary where he's being completely straight. So it's like if you listen to it, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Got it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love John. Uh, nah, let's move on. Uh, Vikings at Broncos. Uh, looks like everyone's talking about how Manning's not completely done, or at least they're figuring out how to use him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that side of the ball, guys? Um, C.J. Anderson is our, probably our number one should-I-trade request, number one bitch-slap request on second opinions. 
Uh, let me just do a quick Pyro promo. I won't do it for long, but pick up Pyro Pro. You can ask us direct questions. We get tons of them. A lot of people signed up over the last 10 days, so we have a lot more questions. We're awesome at these questions. We've got about six of us answering these things on a regular basis. We are going to start slowing up over Twitter and on Facebook the direct questions we're answering there. And if you're asking us direct uh I get direct texts from certain people, uh, and we get emails directly to our inboxes. We do need to start kind of conversioning over and, and going over and trying to push people to get those questions answered by us if you're a Pyro Pro, and it's kind of unfair to the people that are paying it if we are asking or answering every question for people that aren't. We're not trying to be dicks in this situation at all. Uh, we're just trying to be fair and help. This is not a hobby, this is a business. So, Pyro Pro, pick it up. The dashboard was uh, updated, so it's a timeline this week. There was some uh, interesting bugginess happening. I'm pretty sure it'll get fixed uh, by tonight. Um, and it is very interesting. Now, anytime we do a new news feed, anytime Dog changes any little bit of information on Dog's player rankings, it comes up to the top in your dashboard. Anytime we put out an op-ed that you would see normally on the front end, Pyro Free, the story will go there once as well. And I think another you know crowning jewel of being a Pyro Pro member, you get to see all of Dog's player rankings for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Whereas right now, if you're only if you're not paying, you can only see the top five guys at each position. Dogmatica, pretty good at his player rankings. People are asking us about it all the time. People, uh, you know, he's, he's killed it on Fantasy Pros over the last three seasons. So, sign up. It's 40 bucks. It's, if you want to give it a shot for a week, it's 5 If you want to give it a shot for a month, it's 10 A lot of people are trying that $10 uh, for the month option. They're as, asking us a lot of questions. I feel pretty confident that all of them are going to re-sign up. So, please become a Pyro Pro. Uh, your fantasy teams will not regret it. It is truly an honor and a privilege for me to be here at Pinehurst School or whatever your school is called today. <laughs> I say it's a privilege because it's a violation of my parole to be around you. But nothing about that. <laughs> That's good. All right, Vikings at Broncos. What uh, what else we got going on in this game? Uh, speaking of parole, uh, Adrian Peterson. Uh, <laughs> so, who has the most rushing yards in the league this year? So far, through three games? Yeah. AP? AP, baby. That's my boy. You know, I, I'm telling you, every time. Every time, and just never forget it. When you need a guy to uh, prove you wrong on something, he's the one you want to go ask. Uh, if you need a spanking, he's the one you want to go ask. I love my AP. Plain and simple, but this isn't the week for him, boys. This is not the week for him. Uh, Denver rush D is just ridiculous. Uh, the rush D is ridiculous. Their entire defense is ridiculous. I love that they came out last week and said, before this, uh, this last game, uh, they, came, they came out and said, what their goal was, was to have the most turnovers in the entire league. And that should be every defense's, you know, main objective. Not just, you know, keeping the opponents to fewer points or whatever. That's fine. Go out and get the ball back to the offense every single time you possibly can. They're doing it. And they're doing it hardcore. Look, look at this defense. They have so many playmakers on every level of the defense. You got DeMarcus Ware anchoring your line. You got Von Miller, Miller 
anchoring your sec uh, your, your 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 linebackers, and you got Chris Harris and Nakeem Tlaib anchoring your your defensive backfield. And uh, who's the ass beater, the safety that they have there? Steve Atwater. <laughs> they still have that water out there. Yeah, either way, whatever. I mean, they are. The this defense is, is sick. But this is really where you're seeing, I think, this year is the effect of DeMarcus Ware really wreaking havoc and what that does with him on one side and you've got Von Miller coming on the other side. Holy crap. They are just in on, on quarterbacks so fast. It's I have them in two defenses, and I'm like, I'm so happy I grabbed these guys. And... They're just sack, 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 fumble, fumble, turnover, this, interception. It's, and it's because of the constant pressure you put on the quarterback, which is why they always say, what's the most important thing on defense? Put pressure on the quarterback. You could have a Daryl Rivas, but if you allow somebody seven seconds, anyone, to throw a football, someone will get open. Daryl Rivas can't cover a guy for seven, eight seconds on, on down the field. But if he only has to cover him for three and a half seconds or two and a half seconds, no or in sometimes one and a half second. It's all good. T.J. Ward. That's who T. I T.J. Ward, oh, yes. Fucking pipe hitter. Sorry. <laughs> so, the thing is with AP, you know, Jamal Charles rushed for 125 yards against these guys. Had a couple touchdowns in that, or had a touchdown and had that late, fo- or late, two fumbles. late two fumbles. One was late, one was early. So he does have a chance to get some yards. And if this offense is going to continue to run directly through AP, where they're giving it to him upwards of 20 times a game, Good things are going to happen. It might not be the top running back scorer in the league this week, but he's going to be a guy who's a consistent option for you. He's not a guy you should consider benching. Don't over-fucking-think it. No, don't overthink yeah. it, but <laughs> yeah. the big difference between the two is not the, to the talent. It's the offensive line. And, yeah, that, and, and that, that Minnesota offensive line is not going to be able to handle that, dif- that Denver defense. The Chiefs also, offensive line is not very good. No, but... No, I know, but but here's the other thing, though, too. The other problem is the other problem for Adrian Peterson is that he's not getting any support from Charles Johnson or Mike Walls or anybody in the in the wide receiving game. Um, They're not. I've got a thought on that. Please, you guys watch. You guys watching them play? Teddy Bridgewater is throwing such duck passes. I am. Not sure what's going to happen. This guy's a floater. He just goes, throws back, and he just goes like that, and he thinks it's college, and he's playing against some crap school, and Devontae Parker's going to run under it. He's got to figure it out. You can't loft every pass, and that's all he's doing. I haven't seen one crisp, and I'm watching AP. I love watching that guy. I've got Charles Johnson. We've been high on him. But he just throws up these duck butter passes, and these defenders are too good. He's going to have to figure that out real soon. Um, it's kind of working a little bit with um, with Rudolph because Rudolph just kind of really knows how to duck down in the zone, and it's just he's kind of pretty open. Uh, but Bridgewater, man, everyone's high on him. I know he can be a great player in this league, but he's got to get some zip and some decisiveness in his throws. I, I would agree, but that's also why I think that Again, I'm not saying that you're, you're not, no one here is saying that you bench Adrian yeah, Peterson. No way. But understand when you have a week that you're not going to get the 30 potential, you know, huge production out of Adrian Peterson. You're not going to get 170 yards and, and two touchdowns or 130 combined yards and two touchdowns. You're not going to get that because this defense, they can 
take your best two wide receivers and just say, we're going to put everybody else in the box and we're going to line up one-on-one -on -one and we're going to just one-on-one -on -one to cover your, your tight end and your two wide receivers. Go ahead because you're loading up and trying to bring an extra tight end in so you can block for Adrian. Yeah, this is the last thing I'll say on, on this subject because yep. there was something that Stags was getting at right here. No, of course you're not going to bench AP. But when you're looking at the difference between the, the, the Charles situation and the Adrian Peterson, Peterson situation, are you more afraid of Travis Kelsey and Jeremy Macklin or Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace, and Rudolph? Jeremy Macklin and Travis Kelsey. Easily. Yeah. Way more afraid of those two than I am of the other three at this point. And I don't care if it's Alex Smith or Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, if you say the two names together, it's like, uh, neither one's all that great, you know, and neither one could throw the ball deep all that well. It's not going to happen. I'd, still, I would rather, I'd be more afraid of Alex Smith at this point than I am of Teddy Bridgewater. For sure. So if I'm Denver's defense, what am I doing? I am going hard after AP all game long because yep. I'm just not afraid of Teddy Bridgewater. At least against KC, I'm somewhat afraid of, you know, at least Jamal Charles skirting out in the backfield and catching passes, or Kelsey, or Macklin on short routes. Either way, I'm more afraid of that than I am of anything that For Minnesota sure. has other than AP. For sure. Let's talk about the Broncos here. Hold on, one question. Okay. You like uh, the way it shapes up for Rudolph, though, with the 211 yards allowed to tight ends Yes, absolutely. The, and, and, the, what, fifth most in the league? They haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end just yet, but hey, Teddy Bridgewater only has one on the season, so it's not like you're exactly counting those fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's bound to happen because Denver was really bad against tight ends last year, and they were the year before that, too. That's just not their strength. They, they rush the passer, and they defend the receivers. They just don't. It's, the tight ends are not what they're thinking about. The tight ends are usually helping blocking a little bit, but when they skirt out a little bit, they don't care. So the, the tight end should have a decent game. I, I would expect Kyle Rudolph to have a decent game. Let's talk about a team that uh, is more worth talking about on offense. <laughs> Peyton Manning, what are your expectations for him in this game? Well, I, you know what? After watching those first two games, I thought he was just absolutely done. I just, I, it was like watching a, a, my little sister's goldfish throw a ball, and that was, and that was generous. She's got it some was talents of goldfish. Yeah, well, you know, don't we all? Uh, you know, the thing is, I, I'll tell you, Peyton Manning is. As soon as they put him back in the shotgun, it was a whole different game. It was. Oh, completely different. I know you got something on goldfish. No, Ty Tyrone had something to say about about the first two weeks for for Peyton Manning. <laughs> Sometimes dipping them bomb and fluid, and me and my friends would laugh and giggle and eat all the cookies. It was terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think everyone thought that, and now you, you, it's, you're, you're totally right. There, it seems like. Kubiak's letting him be Peyton Manning. Let he him got sit him out there. from under center. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's, a big him, thing. it's it's a shotgun. Let him call the offense. Let him see. Go with the flow as the defense dictates and, and gives him openings. And Peyton Manning, who's better? He's, but can he's, I ask a question? Why would you take Peyton Manning and try to change him at this age in his career? Makes no sense. It's not that Peyton Manning's bad under center. 
You guys realize this, right? It's yeah, like that of their offensive line is fucking terrible. Terrible. So he gets an extra half second by being in the shot. But he can't it's, move. That's why you can't no, put no. him under center. When's it's the last because time of he, the offensive line. When's he ever been under center in his career? He was under the center a ton in Indy. Absolutely. He was under center all the time. Marshall called him to play a lot, but, then, but, but as you advanced, though, at the last... Four years in Indy, he hardly ever was under center. Here's one of the biggest problems so, with, with Manning right now. Career. The amount of energy it takes for him to move back those three to five steps to make the pass instead of being back there already, right. it literally takes all the zip out of his arm. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. All the all the energy it takes for his legs to move going five feet instead of going forward like takes he is. everything out of his arm. If he's standing back there, he gets zip on the ball. And he did. He had zip on some passes in that last game, just standing there in the pocket and not having to move. And it, you're right. You're, it's, it's the offensive line, him having that extra half second to be able to see things. And just being able to be back there in the first place and see things. Instead yeah, of I having, think that's big, too. That's huge. Being back there in the first place to see the whole, uh, to see the the whole, whole defense. defense. He can walk back up the line and talk to everybody, walk around. And He's be, one and of be, the it's, best it's at reading defenses, so give him the best opportunity. To and you know what? A good for Kubiak for changing yeah, himself because yeah. he's been stuck in his scheme for ages as well. So kudos to him for actually changing to fit Manning and Agreed. his offense because that's the best thing they could have done. Quick hit on uh, any of the other players at hand for uh, Denver, and then let's move on to the next Yeah, game. I mean, I, okay, Demarius is Demarius. Awesome. You know, same thing with uh, Sanders. Awesome. Whatever. Uh, when it comes to the tight ends in this game, it's really iffy. I really can't tell what the hell is, uh, they're doing with tight ends at this point. It's the running back situation that you have to pay attention to. I really thought that last game was going to be somewhat of a comeback game for C.J. Anderson. Was not. He got injured uh, almost immediately in the game. Uh, he had that head, head injury. They were evalu- evaluating for a concussion. They brought in, bring in Hillman, and then uh, Juwan Thompson gets injured as well. He goes out for a concussion. Uh, he's actually going to be gone for a while uh, from what it looks like. But C.J. Anderson came back in. They want to get these guys rolling, and it's going to be better now that they're in the shotgun. And it will be better, folks. Do not just give up on a C.J. Anderson. They're going to get him rolling. They have to get him rolling. They plan on getting him rolling. Of course, I want to see it first. And I, I would love to just promote him because he's on my team. And I know he's on your team, Houdini. And it's and it's tough as nails to watch it. But stick with him. Stick with him. This this offense is lethal. And it can be lethal, can especially from that running back Minnesota? position. Can he get in the end zone against Minnesota? Will they give him the ball in the red zone? If they he should be able to. He should be able to. If he doesn't in this one, next, I mean, next, next weekend is going to be a whole different discussion. For us on this uh, podcast, uh, when it comes to the, the back time field. to cut ro- cut the rope. Oh, if it throw. doesn't happen, we're uh, we're gonna have to have a discussion on it because it, it's uh, <laughs> honestly it's, it can't just be like let's roll through it. it it's something that needs tending to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like it. The, let's the, move on to this. Uh, it's like my rock garden; it needs tending to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, moves, he moves about as much as my rock garden. Well, no, some some rocks you just leave there, and some you just gotta skip. <laughs> Throw and skip them. All right, this game would have been really exciting had it been uh, played week one. This is I the suppose. battle of awesome quarterbacks. What are you talking about? <laughs> terrible. Weeded uh, versus McCaffrey. I feel terrible for the NFL this one. Yeah. <laughs> they really blew it. There, I don't. Sunday night gets all the best games, usually. 
And they get the flex schedule at the end, so I don't feel bad. Well, I mean, it's, it's, they get the flex for it's, sure. It's Thursday night game. It's a, it's a dud because of the Big Ben injury and all that sort of stuff. The Sunday night game with the two injured quarterbacks. And the Monday night game with a 1-2 and two team and an 0-3 and team in the Lions, who are obviously decrepit. And Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I just at least we they kind of blew it in week four. At least we don't have to go to Detroit. Yeah, there you, you go. You two chatty Cathy's, put a sock in it. Let's let Stag Party you guys, talk a little. You guys can Holy have this crap, do you, you guys, guys talk this a lot? <laughs> oh, you guys are so kind. I'd just like to say that Houdini might have been right on Mark Ingram. Might have been. Might have been. Yeah. It's, it's not, Looking that, good. He can still get injured. There's still that fact that he has. So he might When he's healthy, he's been playing pretty good. He's scoring touchdowns. He's catching the passes, That's which is insane. He's like third in the league in t- catches. He's caught like 16 of 18. And he's caught 16 for him compared to three for C.J. Spiller. So is this you know, potentially the game where C.J. Spiller finally gets mixed back in? I mean, Sean Payton came out and said it's on him to get, him be- to get C.J. Spiller the ball. It's on him to get C.J. Spiller involved in this offense. And it's on him to sort of take this offense to new heights. And how about, you know, Brandon Cooks having his best game of the season with Luke McCown under center? Um, and he was, like, this is the king of, what, check down Charlie's? Because what was Brandon Whedon, 22 of 25 uh, on the game? And then McCown was, what, 31 of 38? Yeah. So it's like, oh, my God, there's going to be some PPR value here just because, uh, you know, lots of different options. It doesn't look like any of the Saints tight ends are viable fantasy options here uh, so far this season. I mean, just Mark Ingram is the only guy who's been uber-reliable. Almost this season. I think he's one of the only guys in the league with over 10 fantasy points in every uh, game this season uh, from the running back position, which is sort of rare this year, apparently. Um, and then other guys, I don't know. You know, Brandon Cooks could get back involved. Uh, what do you think, Doug? Uh, you know what? It's all going to change now. First of all, Drew Brees comes back this week. I, I can almost guarantee it. I'm not. I, I can't go out completely on a limb and say 100% he's going to come back. But from all indications, are he's going to come back. He's going to practice tomorrow. Tomorrow being Wednesday, we're recording this Tuesday. Uh, he's going to practice tomorrow. See how it feels. Tuesday he had a throwing session. Said it felt okay enough to practice. So he will practice on Wednesday. If he comes back, which I believe he will, I think everything changes. The Saints are 0 3. They cannot afford to go 0 4. They are playing on Sunday night. This is a huge game. Uh, granted, the Cowboys are undermanned because they don't have Romo there, and they don't have Des Bryant there, and uh, Witten is dealing with injuries, but that's not the point. The point is they need a win, and they need to do it right, and Sean Payton's going to make sure that that happens. Spiller is going to be involved a lot, and I think that uh, Ingram is going to be involved a lot. I think Breeze is going to go back to his old tricks. I think Cooks is going to get a lot of good short passes. Uh, I think that the tight ends are going to be involved in this game. Dallas is terrible against tight ends. So look to see the old Saints in this one at home, 0-3, need to change their whole season around. That's what I'm expecting. Will it happen that way? I don't know. There's been a lot of surprises this year. I don't know, but that's what I'm calling, and that's what I believe is going to happen. Let me just quickly, quickly, quickly go to the other side and talk about 
the two guys that I think are on opposite ends of the spectrum now that Brandon Whedon is at quarterback. Me and Valverde. You and Valverde. <laughs> Thank you very much, teacher. Um, is that you have Lance Dunbar, who, when Tony Romo's there, and they have their healthy constituent of, of guys in the receiving game, Lance Dunbar is going to be an afterthought. He should be out of the league. Terrence <laughs> Williams, once Brandon, Brandon Whedon's at quarterback, is basically an afterthought because all of Terrence Williams' routes are 15 to 20 yards downfield. Brandon Whedon doesn't throw the 15 to 20-yard pass at all effectively. Everything that he throws is he is more of a check down Charlie than, than uh, Alex Smith, okay? So... <laughs> Charlie says, dump it off the lands. Dunbar is just... 10 catches for 100 yards? Ridiculous. And it's only going to continue. He's that guy that is going to be in that role a lot because no one's trusting Brandon Whedon. They're going to force Whedon to beat him, and they're always going to give him anything they have underneath. So it's, it's in a PPR league. Dunbar is amazing right now. Yeah, he is, and that's... That's basically going to be the Cowboys' game plan. I mean, to be honest, I don't think they were they weren't depending on that uh, you know running game to actually keep them in that game. I think they were using it to try and get some other things going. But it turns out that Atlanta was so soft in the middle that uh, you know Randall had himself a really nice game. The Saints aren't going to the Saints are going to learn off of what happened there. And they're going to bunch the middle. They're going to make sure that they push Randall to the outsides a little bit, where he starts to trip up, you know, just the slightest bit. In which case, they may start to use McFadden a little bit. Who knows? But believe me, they're going to be bunching against that running game because the, everybody knows Whedon can't throw downfield. Hopefully, what happens is that uh, the Cowboys open things up a little bit more, and the Saints open things up a little more. And it's an exciting game. I'm hoping that that's what happens. I we'll, we'll see. Quick question for my lineup. Uh, I've got an offer on the table. Brandon Cooks, straight up for Stevie Fists. Oh, you're getting who? Season. I get Cooks. I have Fists. <sighs> I'd keep Fists. I keep Fists right now. Okay, I, I decided to do that, but, you know, I like my Cooks, and whew, what would you do? I don't know. Uh, one team has a quarterback who's healthy, and the other doesn't. That's, that's, that's my whole... So, if that's not even... If Mike Dog says... His breeze is back on Wednesday, and he's playing this weekend. What, what, do you, what do you think? I'm just worried about Cooks' touchdowns. Here's what I would yeah. tell you. You're, this is a, an annual league, not a dynasty league. It's nothing like yeah. that. You're playing for this year. Steve Smith is playing for his last year. Yeah. Steve Smith is the only viable receiver they have on Baltimore. Okay. Joe Flacco knows where his bread's buttered. I'm that's, feeling it. I had an opportunity just, to pull that, That's not just it, though. Uh, the fact that the fact that Cooks and I hate saying this because you're in my big money league and yeah. I have Cooks and I want to I kind of want to dump them off on somebody who's still got a high mind on them, which yeah. you do. I don't, but, know I, gotta, but I still do have to say this. Um, I, I don't trust Crook, Cooks staying healthy a whole season. Yeah. He's already gotten banged up a couple times, and you see him limping around every once in a while just because he just just because he gets hit normally, and that's a bummer. I, I mean, especially in an offense that's changed. It is not the open offense that it used to be. I'm hoping it will change back to it, which it looks like it might. But, wow, Cooks is just not what I thought he was going to be. Doesn't it need to for him? Because this is the problem with these small receivers. Why a Deshaun Jackson thrives is because he runs the deep routes and doesn't get touched. 
Yeah. Um, when you're running these short routes that they were running last week and all these short passes to, to Brandon Cooks, he's taking hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like that. I hate and, that. I hate that with those little guys. Yeah. I'll tell you, one of the toughest small slot receivers that you'll see in the game is Randall Cobb. Cobb is a tough-as-nails kid. It's because he's but built he, like a running back. But he gets injured every year. Yeah. You know, as well. And it's because he does run those middle patterns, uh, the, uh, over-the-middle patterns. And, yeah, granted, he's built like a running back, but even he gets injured. You throw a Brandon Cooks who's half the size out there, basically half the size, he's obviously going to get injured, and that bothers me a little bit. The one thing I'd say about Cooks also, in traffic, has a very hard time coming down with the ball. And that goes back to your size and a wide so receiver. So let's also look Very at the hard that. time. you yeah. got to get him the ball out in space, and then he can do something. Exactly. Or you got to get him in the run, and then he can do something. But if he's ever contested at all, he's not. he doesn't come down. He's so does maybe yeah. Chip Kelly have it right when he puts a Jordan Matthews in the slot and says, this is what your prototypical slot receiver should look Absolutely. like? Absolutely. And they, they, you know what? A lot of teams know that and have done that over time. But other, uh, other teams like the smaller slot receiver, which works somewhat in their type of offense, but it gets them hurt. I am excited, guys. We're on to our last game, the Monday night game, and we're sitting here just at about... We're not uh, going to talk know. Joey Randall? Three, three touchdown Joey Randall? Yeah, we thought you hated him. You were cursing his name. I, I was, all yeah, it's because he was on my bench. I mean, started. I drafted him because I, <laughs> I like the guy. Uh, I think he's finally you know, showing that he's going to be the, at least the top dog. Uh, he showed a little bit of explosion that you haven't seen from anybody else in the backfield besides Dunbar catch, catching dumps. Um, Dog so, was catching dumps on the fed. He had a Valverde or two with the guy dumping on his back. No, no, it was Crowell. Crowell so, was a fucking asshole. You know, just the ability to score short touchdowns and the ability to score a couple long ones gives you some hope, uh, especially going against a little butter-soft uh, Saints defense that... I think he's going to establish himself. But, hey, if you want to sell high, the thing is, who are you going to get at running back that is, like, safer almost? Like, the guys in his range are going to try and trade him for, and you're like, uh, question mark. You're going to trade him for C.J. Anderson? You're going to trade him for, you know, Jeremy Hill? You're going to trade him for Justin Forsett? You're going to trade him for, I like, would trade him for both those. Ah, maybe not Hill at this point yeah. after looking at that schedule. I'd trade him for this, C.J., though. though. Think about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more on that. I don't know how many of these guys I would trade him for because he's in a division that's against two games against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Eagles. He already played the Eagles, but these are these are good matchups for him. These Not are the Redskins so much. The Redskins are really good in the, against a rush, but yeah. But at least the Red the other teams might get out ahead on him a little bit more in the Giants uh, and the Eagles, where that still kind of helps the running game, or you can still be running to keep uh, keep it in where... I mean, if that doesn't help the running game, what I'm saying is when you play Washington, the games are going to be closer, so you can stick with your game plan sure. of running. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, he did look good in, in in that game, but again, we talked about that. That's a soft middle interior of, the, of that uh, Atlanta defense. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I depend on that for the rest of the season happening. The Saints aren't soft now. They're no, soft. the Saints They're are soft. soft. <laughs> the Saints are soft. Don't get me wrong. The Saints are soft, and uh, he might do fine in this game. But it, it, you know, maybe you want to wait one more week to sell him super high. But once he gets to be super high, are you are you really going to get back value? Who's going to offer you? The thing is, like, what? Then you like, almost have to keep him at running and back. Then you're stuck. You can't trade him for another running back because it's like everybody else has question marks. Right. Like, 
he might not have as many question marks as we originally thought compared to these other guys, you know? Uh, I'm hoping that I would Randall didn't start off as your top dog or yeah. your second dog. I would trade him third. in a cross trade because you didn't probably ideally draft him as your one or two. So if you can trade him for a wide receiver to a team that needs a running back and you, you could find that, that perfect match, that's where you might be able to strike gold. Yeah. Nice. Let's move on to Monday Night Football. Uh... The one thing I read today is that Tate's and this game's the Lions are at the Seahawks. Trouble, problematic, but Tate's saying basically three weeks yeah. in a row, defenses or players on the other team are like, we know what plays you're calling. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, read, I, I read that article today. I'm like, holy crap. They're calling on our plays. You know, it would be one thing I call it coincidence, but three different weeks in a row, guys yeah. have to be, I know what you're running. <laughs> I know what you're running. After the game, they come up to him and say, the thing is, is that. I don't know if people have said it, and I know I've heard it before. People have been saying that about Caldwell for ages. For ages. We knew what you were doing every time. The no, guy knew what he was doing before he knew what he was doing. Yeah. It's, it's really not all that tough. They need to switch things up a little bit. they got to start running Calvin deeper. He's not getting those long, those long plays. He's averaging under 10 yards, I think, a catch at this point, which is just ridiculous for a guy like that. How he cannot be getting downfield throws is just beyond me. But Golden Tate, he just say it. I mean, I've been saying regardless of what the offense is, he's just not going to get a lot when Calvin's in there. Plain and simple. And he shouldn't. Plain and simple. Yes, he's a, he's a great talent, but he's not going to get a whole hell of a lot of offense while he's in there, especially with Abdullah coming out a little bit. Question, though. Is it really Anywhere. that people are knowing their plays, or is it, as I've been watching the Lions play, and I, have, I haven't watched them as close, but I've watched a good amount about a one and a half of their three games. I see Stafford making a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. Does that somehow surprise you? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, but that's what I'm saying where it's like, you know, where he where he's saying his guys are calling out their plays. I'm seeing Stafford stare down receivers. I'm seeing him not scan the field. I, I just I'm I'm not seeing the things that, that I see when I watch a, a, an Aaron Rodgers and a, and a Tom Brady and all these other top quarterbacks. Where they're, they're, they have their constant eyes moving around the field. Stafford's locked in on guys, and it's just, and he, he's got a gun of an arm, but you don't have got that gun of an arm in this league. <laughs> Again, does that surprise you? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm just not sure he's cerebral enough to. He went to Georgia. Oh, man. My girlfriend's going to kill me. I, oh, my oh, fiance. Fiance, sorry. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> now she's really going to kill me. Now she's really going to kill me. You have to bury me twice. That's now amazing. <laughs> but, like, you know, I just don't think he's that cerebral of a quarterback where he can diagnose things before the play. Like, he almost, him and Jay Cutler just should not be allowed to run audibles. And they should just be asked to throw to, you know, a design play. Like, Jay Culler and Matthew Stafford would probably be pretty good in a Chip Kelly offense where you get one quick read. Throw to the X position. You, you put somebody like Peyton Manning or, or Tom Brady or something behind that line in Detroit. Uh, every single year, Calvin Johnson would be setting new records. New records over and over and over and over again. It would be insane. And Golden Tate uh, would be good according to Doc. Yeah, he would. Absolutely he would be. He would be what Emmanuel Sanders is. Right now, that's exactly what he would be. He would be what, you know, the, it's it's unreal. Yes, I agree with you on this everything. But the whole offense itself has to have a little more genius to it. they got to switch things up a little bit. And that's why you got Amir Abdullah. 
Abdullah can do different things on the backfield. You keep throwing Joy Bell back there and getting his one yard per carry, it's over. It's over. Every time he's in the game, you know what's happening. Okay, it's it, it, who are we talking about? Who is uh, four carries for three? Or Duke Johnson, I think. Duke Johnson, yes. Yeah, when he's in the game, you know it's it's going to be a pass, or it doesn't matter because you're going to start something for three quarters of a yard. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing with Joy Bell at this point. Yeah. Joy Bell's in the game. Who cares? Let's just double, let's double the receivers and let Joy run for one yard. Who cares? How amazing is that he was so dominant in the second half of last season. And the injuries that he suffered in the oh, offseason. Oh, it hurts like, so much oh, more than so people much. realize. Oh, my God. It, just, it took him out. It literally chopped his legs out. Okay, me. so <laughs> Seahawks. Yeah, let's, let's move on to the other side. All right, what, what's going to happen here? Um, I, 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 I'll be honest. I, I am having a tough time figuring out exactly what the Seahawks are going to do about Marshawn Lynch right now. Because he, he was definitely injured going into the last game. They kept it. I don't want to say they kept it secret. But it was secret enough to not know that he was that injured that he would actually come out of the game right. after just a few runs well, and look bad doing it. He had a different injury, right? He now injured his hamstring. Yeah. yeah. Hamstring and when he was going into the game, it was what, a calf, calf. injury? It was a calf. Yeah. And, and, and his shoulder and back are all fucked up. And but they, they, that happens a lot where a guy will... You know, look at Look what happened to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Had the, the calf injury that then... He started playing, but you're favoring the calf, and all of a sudden he's, he strained his hamstring. So that happens. It's the problem is it's, it's the amount of carries and everything that he's had over all these years. This, this is the attrition. It's we're in the attrition season, and what's crazy is that they've jettisoned Turbin, they've jettisoned Christy Michael, and here's Thomas Rawls. Thomas Lou Rawls? Is this is this uh, am, I, am I singing the blues Rawls? I mean, what am I doing here? No, there's actually a Michigan State point guard who is actually named. That so the, we'll leave it at that. Thomas Rawls is Thomas Rawls. Don't take away nicknames from my Michigan State boys. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do you guys like Rawls as a pickup this week? I like, I, yeah. Anyone's a good against the Bears, but you know here's the thing: you have to like him right now. They jettisoned Christine Michael. They jettisoned Robert Turbin. They've left themselves with this rookie, and they believe in him. And look, they threw him in against the Bears. Granted, it was the Bears. But he was extremely successful, and you look at the type of runner that he is, and he is—he's an aggressive runner. So you know, if if you're a, a, a team out there that uh, an owner that has Marshawn Lynch, and you're worried about it right now, I mean, I got people who are talking to me like they're willing to trade Marshawn Lynch because they're just feeling that this is finally the year where all the wheels come off, and it's like. I had someone go to me where, and in my one league, remember we've talked about this league where I have twelve picks, uh, uh, waiver wire picks throughout the entire season. The team that has one of the better records that has Marshawn Lynch is trying to offer to the team that has the first pick for their pick Marshawn Lynch. And by the way, a co-owner on this team is Charlie Don't Serve, so they're thinking to get Dion Lewis in a league that's a PPR league, and they're going. And this is what's crazy. It's like. You know, this is where it's weird and fantasy, but it's 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 how it happens. This is where championships are won when you identify that it's, a guy has actually lost it, and and in Charlie's mind, he believes that Marshawn Lynch has lost it. So in his mind, it's worth it to to, to give up what that name and all that cachet that comes with it for a guy that's not done it for but two weeks or three weeks, yeah. and the belief that it's about this. Year, so if you're in that belief about this year, and especially if you're a Lynch owner, you had better be on the Rawls train. 
I, I will say this. It will not get any easier than it did last week. No, for the, that there's Seattle no doubt. Backfield. Uh, Except this week. <laughs> Lynch will be fun. The Bears are easier to run on than the Lions, period. I know that the Lions have uh, taken a step back, but uh, believe me, that, that they're a lot easier to run on than, than the Lions are. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that Lynch will be back, and he'll be fine. You know, I, he's taken a little bit off, and last week he should. You know, if you feel little tweaks, that's fine. Take the week off against the Bears. The Bears weren't going to score. Uh, by the way, I think I mentioned the, the 44 point. Uh, I, I was mentioning it last po- podcast, wasn't I? The, the, it was a 44 point over under. That was a sucker bet. Everybody was betting the over, and I told I can't tell yeah, you how many it. people I said bet the under. If it's if if it's anything, it's 35 as if that's the closest it gets because the Bears won't score. You really think that the Bears defense is actually a little bit better than people think, but it's going to be a quick game. That was a sucker bet. Anybody betting the over on that one, I'm sorry, you should have been listening. But either way, what I'm saying is that it's going to be, it's not going to get any easier. Thomas Rawls, if he does happen again there, will not have a game like that again. Okay, what he did against the Bears was relatively simple. Right, you watched what he did. It was like it was open for six yards, seven yards, and then busted one of those weak ass linebackers' guts for another three. You know, I mean, that was no problem. Lynch will be back. He took the right week off. That's the way it is. Yeah, I guess the Bears, it's like cracking easy foul berries. Then I upgraded to a little drug called acid. Very inexpensive and affordable. Even young children could afford it. It's so bad. All right, so the last thing I will say on that... um, they also have Fred Jackson. It's not like uh, he's going to be forgotten. Granted, he's not the same back he was a couple years ago, even or even last year. But he could still carry the load if need be. Thomas Rawls, sure. If you do have Marshawn Lynch at this point, yeah, I, I would like to add him. But don't throw the bank at him. I mean, he's, he's a rookie. He's a rookie, and you still have another great veteran ahead of him, including Lynch and Jackson. Nice. That's what nice. else we got? They obviously looked like, again, it was the Bears, but it looks like they really made a concerted effort to get Jimmy Graham going. What is that continued? Does that ride continue? Or do they just want to shut him up and keep him happy for a minute? Even though he did come out and say, hey, I'm not unhappy with the off, my role in the offense. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do believe that every negative thing you could talk about a me-first player comes out right away because everyone's an expert. Everyone's a beat writer with Twitter. Everyone knows what they're doing. So you can't really believe what you read with such instant access from any nitwit uh, to social media. Myself included. (laughs) I I, I mean, Jimmy Graham, he's going to get targeted more than the two times he was targeted in week two. And he's probably going to be targeting the six, seven, eight targets a week range. You spent the draft capital to get him. You have to, you know, get him the ball. Uh, he's not probably not going to have very many 100-yard receiving games this season. Uh, it's not going to be something that's a part of his game, but he's going to be right in the 75-ish yards a game, you know, 60 to 75 yards a game, and he'll have a touchdown every other game. He's going to be hit or miss a little bit, but... You know, he, he's Jimmy Graham still. He's got the elite skill set. Uh, and is they'll they'll feed him some targets. But he's not going to get the double-digit target load he was getting in New Orleans. And we said that all along. 
He'll, he'll never get what he got in New Orleans again. But it was nice for Jimmy Graham owners uh, to see that Seattle did go to him and they saw what can happen when they do. And that was a big bonus. Uh, that I think that Seattle needed to see just how valuable he can be. And what he did against the Bears, granted it's the Bears, but uh, what he did against them, you can expect that sort of th- uh, that sort of thing. You do that against Detroit, he, he will probably do the same type of thing. That Detroit's defense isn't as weak as the Bears, but it's weakened. It's definitely a weakened defense that you could beat. And I expect Jimmy Graham to actually get some some good target action in this one. I think Russell Wilson was very happy with throwing him the ball and being like, oh, wow, he can run with that thing too and break a lot of tackles. This is kind of cool. I think I'll get him the ball more. That was the bonus about what happened against the Bears, just showing what Graham can do in real game action. And now against a Lions team that's not not nearly the same defense that it was in years past, in, you know, past few years. I think it'll be the same sort of story. They'll, they'll get him that ball. What can fantasy owners expect from Russell Wilson this week uh, and, and moving forward? you think it's going to be a good uh, good outing for him, or are they going to be relying on the run? I, I actually think that Wilson will have a, a pretty good game. I, I, listen, the Lions have gotten worse against the run, but they're not terrible. Uh, the, the right situation, they can be exploited, but uh, with Lynch a little banged up still, um, and, and Rawls being a, a rookie and all, and Fred Jackson being a little older, I think that Wilson will get some play in this one. And that Detroit has not been very good against the, the quarterbacks at all either. Uh, I mean, uh, hence, uh, I, mean, I mean, look at what Philip Rivers did in the 400 and some odd yards. Russell Wilson can do whatever he wants against them. I think Seattle will pretty much control this game from start to finish. Uh, so I think most of the guys, most players in this game will be just fine. Russell Wilson specifically, Graham specifically, uh, the running backs, it depends. I mean, if Lynch plays, he'll, he'll be fine for a little bit, but I can see them resting him a little bit. The, the receivers are all hit and miss, so if you're going to depend on anybody, I think it's Graham and Wilson in this one. We got anything else on this game? No. Bellas, nice work. 197 in the books. Well, that means we got... Three more until 200. I started calling escort services today. We got Benny's delivery service is going to figure something out. I don't know what else we're going to do, but I think it's just going to be a big perverted orgy during that show. I hope our listeners can handle it, but we're going to be doing rails off of strippers' butts, uh, shots of tequila. We're going to have stag party pounding a a lot of double IPAs. And Imperial Stouts. Dog, yeah, and Imperial Stouts. Dogmatica is going to be able to do whatever the hell Dogmatica wants to do, other than shitting on any of the furniture in here. <laughs> he oh, I was going to say, extra padding on the beds. Isaiah, you're invited, but if not, I'm telling you right now, throw. If you shit on anybody's bed ever again, I swear to God, you're out. Isaiah, you're invited. Oh, that's well, I got nothing. Great. I got nothing to add. All right. Well, we're psyched to do it, and we're psyched you guys listen to it. This is actually a nice, about a half an hour, forty minutes uh, less than we've been doing in our recent podcast. So I'm proud of all of you. So music wise, again, it was Rick James. Uh, we were busting out as we started, busting out on funk, and as we close it out to all you listeners out there, it's all about you and the collective eye. So. Rick James, you and I, here we go.
I'm Rick James, bitch. This is a celebration, bitch.
visits a local middle school to promote drug awareness.
did two hits of that. And Bugs Bunny and Scooby-Doo and all my favorite cartoon heroes came to my room and ate cookies with me and sang songs for 16 hours. God damn! Talking about Was doing the bass line like this. <laughs> 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 